Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Dan Scully, and I'd like to offer a, a welcome Gods of Egypt to you, good sir. Oh, thank you, good sir. Gods of Egypt to you as uh, well. Gods of Egypt to oh, you. Oh, man, please let that be the 2016 <laughs> Bone Tomahawk. Have we moved on from Bone Tomahawk? It's, I'm ready to move on to Gods of Egypt. It might, it. I might move on to Gods of Egypt and never come back. That might be the only thing I ever do for the rest of my life. Something else will come down the pipeline. It'll happen. A new movie will come through that will if, touch the same anything button, could do it. And then we will say, you know... Oh, bone tomahawk or, God. you know, all of that fun stuff. Gods of Egypt just tickled my every <laughs> bone in my body that wants to love things. Uh, mostly my penis. Uh-huh. Hey, welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. No? Uh, no oh, no, sorry. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I was like, did we say the names? Did we not say the names? No, I'm Dan Scully. Did I say it? You did. Hi, hello. Hi, I'm Hi, Garrett. Gods of Egypt. Yes, uh, it's great. You should see it. Uh, that's not what we're here to talk about, though. We're here to talk about Point Break from 1991. Directed by Catherine Bigelow, uh, because we have a special guest today uh, who loves this movie to no end. Yes, uh, Dan, please introduce him because you know his last name and I don't. Ah, ah, yes, yes. Okay, so this guy is—he uh, is the Bodhi of the <laughs> fans of Point Break. I always found this movie to be to be silly, and it's grown into a deep, deep love. And a lot of it is because of discussing it with this man, uh, Mike Doherty. Hi, Dan. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi, oh, Garrett. The gods of Egypt to you. Bone Tomahawk. Oh, yes. Oh, I love uh, this. Right, right on. We got a listener on our hands. Uh, hey, welcome to the show. As I uh, put Kleenex in my, in my nose, uh, apologies, listeners. Uh, that's how I sound. Uh, yeah. So you love Point Break. Can you give us a little something, something about why you love Point Break so much? I think it reminds me of my bros. It makes me want to bro out. Oh, I thought you said it reminds you of your birth, and then you said it makes you want to bro out, and I realized you said it reminds you of your bros. Yeah, the, the friends part. The fr- oh, the yeah. friends part, not the birth so part. So you do, just you the, do the beach, beach yeah. football. Rob Banks. Rob Banks. He jump out of planes. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, and we're also joined by uh, Philadelphia comedian Amanda Taylor. Hello, Amanda. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, have you seen this movie before? Um, yeah, I think I've watched it like all together one other time and then um just like culturally aware of it so i don't know if i had like watched half of it when my dad was watching it or uh, <laughs> you, or you just had just, tnt growing up yeah <laughs> right it was on in rooms and so i knew it existed but yeah what, not uh, many. had you seen like the uh the hot fuzz references to it before yeah. you actually like saw it saw it as an adult or probably not i probably a lo- actually a lot of uh me watching movies is being like oh that's really great and people being like oh that's a reference specifically to this other thing that you really should know is the <laughs> great thing and then i'm like oh no i'm so dumb not to go back and look I like when you discover one like after the fact now i'm gonna not have it a good example but it happens every once in a while where I'll watch an old movie and they'll do something where I'm like, that was where that gag from Family Guy was from or some yeah, shit. Yeah. You're like, oh. I just had that experience uh, watching Body Bags, uh, okay. 1993, uh, uh, what, what do you call anthology, that? Horror, horror anthology. Yeah, yeah horror anthology uh, directed by John Carpenter and uh, Toby Hooper. Uh, one of the segments is called The Eye, directed by Toby Hooper, uh, which I had seen VHS 2. And Dan and I have talked before about how we, that's kind of like the only Adam Wingard thing we're not a, a big fan of is his segment in uh, VHS 2, which is about a man who replaces his eye with another eye, which is totally a reference to Body 
body bags. Uh, so yeah, I had that experience recently where I suddenly I was like, oh, this thing that I already don't like is a reference to this other thing from like 15 years ago. There you go. It, it happens. That's a, yeah. Just mm. throwing an example out. Uh, so uh, my experience with Point Break is I, this might be one of the first rated R movies I ever saw, actually. I was thinking about that as we were watching it. I, uh, my buddy's dad had like a crazy VHS collection of like only 80s and 90s action movies. Mm-hmm. That was like the only thing he bought. It was like mostly Steven Seagal and... Uh, oh, he had Marked for Death. Uh, totally. Uh, and uh, uh, what's his name? Fucking Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Tons of Chuck Norris movies. He had Delta... Can I get this out of the way? Can we stop Force? pretending Chuck Norris is like the king of all badasses? He's, He's a weak old man. And he was he just sucks. He's, been... He's shitty. He's the reason why Expendables 2 is PG-13 because he had problems with the content. All right. He yeah. has a... Uh, he has a... Uh, was it kick drugs out of America campaign? Which yeah. that's fine. It's all in good spirits. But uh, the drug war's over. We lost. All yeah. right. It's it's. You're I not going to help us with your kicks, Walker. My impression of him is oh, that the, he's... the what is it the the whole body gym or whatever? What's his stupid? Oh oh, it's uh, not badass. Uh, is what I'm saying. We, God, we think yeah. he's using kettlebells and shit, but he uses total gym? gym. Total gym. That's the one. Wait, was he not Nordiflex? What was that called? Nord- Nordatrack. Nordatrack. Nordic track. Bowflex. 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 No, he was he was he the, was none of those. The what was the total gym? Total, total gym. gym. That's what it was. was. The total gym, total gym, and it was not badass. We <laughs> act like he's some. He's a jackoff. He's Fuck also. Him. I feel like he's been old since the very first movie I ever saw him in. Mm-hmm. There was never a young Chuck Norris. He's just always been an old guy that wasn't very good at action. Yep. Karate ages you, my friend. <laughs> just the way it is. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to get that out. He sucks. Yeah. Fuck yes. Chuck Norris. Fuck him. Um, if you're listening, Chuck, fuck you. I don't but, care how many facts I know <laughs> about you. But I think due to that guy's Chuck Norris uh, VHS collection, I somehow saw Point Break at like too young an age. Because mm. uh, even today when we were rewatching it, as we got to the uh, lawnmower scene where they put Johnny Utah's face in front of a lawnmower, it still like really freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think just because it brought up like really scarring childhood memories of having to see that too young. Mm. Uh, that's, my, that's my only memory of it, by the way. That's like the only thing I remember from Point Break when I think about Point Break is the... Lawnmower scene. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all I can remember when I think about it. It's like scary enough though that I'm scared of it from today. Like it's, it's freaky, right? Yeah, you definitely are concerned. Also, I like knew someone in childhood who like lost part of their hand. Ooh, this oh, this is like oh, oh my god, story. yeah, in a lawnmower. So that was very actually. It's like really very real. Watching. Were they like an adult human or like a kid human? Um, maybe like a twelve year old or something. Oh, did and they serve? Uh. No, 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 okay, no surfing. If, I mean, if you need somebody to surf, you'd be rough. It like deadened all the nerves. Okay, sad stuff. <laughs> oh wow! Wait, so yeah. they were like so then really they had a super punching yeah. hand. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> like he got like a superpower from putting his hand inside of a lawnmower. Well, he got in a fight with his cousin. I'm like telling this person's story was terrible. Uh, and he like yeah had it run over it was like on the lawnmower a fight I guess and it, then it was run over. Wait, 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 did the point lawnmower. break happen? Yes. Wow. Um, I lo- there was an action scene on a lawnmower? Yes. Between these two kids? Uh-huh. That's so cool. Except for... <laughs> <laughs> it was anyway, real so Catherine Bigelow <laughs> directed Point Break, and it's funny now to me because... This is like a cheesy old action movie, yeah. and she is now an Oscar-winning yes. director. Has a Best Picture and I believe a Best, a best director. director. I think right. I, I'm she not beat her. Sure about she that. beat her ex-husband. Her I ex-husband, think, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Same year's Avatar, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's when, uh, uh, what was that movie called? Uh, no, I was going to say, can you think of it? Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Hurt Locker, she... I know, won Best Picture. Did she win Best Director for that oh, one? Oh, or was I it the other way out. around? He uh, won Best Director and she won Best Picture. That might be right. I don't think right. he won Best Director. No? Nah. I think she won both. Did she for win both? Hurt Locker? I think. 
Because that was the same year as Avatar, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, talk while I look it up. You oh, guys, yeah, sorry. You guys do your things. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, got it. Boom. So don't talk. Shut up. Best motion picture of the year, 2010, The Hurt Locker. Yeah. Uh, best achievement in directing, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. And um, it also got best writing by Mark Boll. Film editing. I'm not going to say the names. You know, the and the what, mixing, Avatar won everything else. And um, it no- uh, nominated Jeremy Renner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, nominated for Best Cinematography by Barry Aykroyd. No relation to Dan, I don't think. <laughs> this is... But yeah, so this this is an Oscar-winning director yeah. that back in the day directed a buddy cop surf adventure with uh, Gary Busey in it. So that's pretty <laughs> impressive stuff. It is, you know what's crazy about this movie is that Gary Busey is in it at the height of like his Gary Busey powers because he's like... Well, he's post-motorcycle accident, right? but pre Melting candle. meltdown. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he's like right in the prime of like he's crazy Busey, but he's sane enough to still act well, in the movie. He's always been crazy Busey. Yes, but he's like almost like this is post accident, so he's like on his way to really ramping that crazy mm. up, but he can like still kind of act. And he's not what we talk about or even think about when we think about Point Break. Mm-mm. Think about that. Well, I don't know. He is a little bit what I think about because I'm always saying Utah too. Utah <laughs> that's true. That's true. But he's a. He's Angelo Pappas. I don't know. He's a pretty iconic character in that. that you know, I, I never remember that character's name, and that is, like to me, such a memorable name now that I've just watched that movie. You'll Pappas. never forget it. Yeah. Angelo Pappas. Angelo Pappas. Pappas. How does Gary Busey get the name Angelo Pappas? I guess they just didn't want to change the script. Yeah. They're like, can you get Banderas? And they're like, we can get Busey. And they're like, all right, just tell him to work the teeth. And then, boom, he's in. I want to see a, like a versus movie. It's going to be Gary Busey's teeth versus Forrest Whitaker's eye, and they're just gonna they're just gonna dramatically work each other until one of them wins. My money, if it's a drama, is going to be on uh, Whitaker's on eye. Whitaker. Right? Yeah. But if it's like an action movie, then I'm betting on Gary Busey's teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like he literally chews scenery, almost literally, <laughs> just starts biting into the scenery yeah. around him because he's got them chompers. <laughs> Uh, which he needs for all three of the meatball sandwiches he wishes he ordered. Yes, yeah. He had two. Yeah. Wishes he had a third. He got a lemonade yeah. on, on Utah's dimes. So that's good stuff. <laughs> you look like you want to bust in here. I Oh sorry, I just I thought we were cutting you off. Yeah. What so this is your favorite movie for sure? No, no, it's not my favorite. It's uh well, what are you doing bring this movie to our podcast? <laughs> Me and Dan reference it all the time. I mean and we did go see the remake Weird, of Point Break. We together. saw the remake together. That oh. was a. Uh, that How does was that a, compare slash hold up? Well, the thing is, they they definitely try to do a modern thing to it, but they're also trying to reference the original, and it doesn't quite find that line. But it's yeah. exciting as shit. It's really stupid, and there's no soul. Yeah. Whereas Point Break has has an outpouring. It's bleeding soul out of its nostrils while yeah. cheesy music plays. It's got soul. But uh, the remake is is definitely just like a shitty cash grab, and it is a blast. <laughs> and I don't like I do and don't recommend you see it. Yeah, because if I was like, if I was like died in the wool Point Break fan, I would be pissed off at it. But I don't get pissed off at remakes. It's just not something I do. So as a as a fun action movie that happens to be called Point Break, sure. Do they ever like ride a motorcycle off a cliff and then skydive? Like anything? Do they ever like combine mm. their uh, their their extreme sports? Sort of. Uh, Utah's friend uh, rides his bike over a mountain and then just makes it and falls off. So he does skydive, but it's not a <laughs> it's not a uh, safe skydive. Uh-huh. But they do go uh, no they do the wingsuits oh. and they have a GoPro on a guy, and that's just thrilling. <laughs> that's one of those sports that you're either the first time you do it, you're the best wingsuiter ever, or you're dead. There's no middle ground. Because, like, how do you get good at that? You just leap off a cliff and just fucking hope you're one of the ones that gets it. I don't want to be that guy. 
the remake just uh the extreme that it showed just it blew this one out of the water but the only thing that i think compares to the original is that Bodie's philosophy was sort of the same mm-hmm. in the find zen mentality which it, that's his name it means that i think right Didn't yeah i, I think that? so yeah right Bo- Bodai is, is zen or something like that right well yeah. he's bodhisattva it's like that's a the full thing. yeah buddhist uh god figure okay Basically Swayze. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And what does he say to him at the end in Spanish? What does Utah say? Vaya con Dios, which is amigo or something, or Vaya con Dios, uh, Utah, which is God be with you or something like that. Go, with, go God. with God. God be with you. Yeah. Let's get a taco. It's one of those <laughs> one of those kinds of things. So this is actually this follows something that that I don't know if this is the template setter. I I do know that there's a template to it now that if you look at the Fast and the Furious. That is 100% a knockoff yes. of uh, Point Break. And it's this formula that I ca- I'm struggling to come up with another, another movie that does it as spot on. But it is sort of a classic trope. The undercover goes too far. Yeah, you go too deep and undercover. We take that, and it's also paired with a little bit of a you know old seasoned veteran cop takes on a new rookie cop. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's that in there, there's too. There's like a buddy cop thing in there. So in, by putting those two together, that's what I think kind of makes this movie transcend your typical early 90s action piece. Yeah. There is, because of the layering of those two kind of thematic elements and the fact that it's it kind of has a softer edge it to does. it. It's, it's not chains clanking and sparks flying but there's there's a softer edge and it's weirdly homoerotic but it's also there's like really motion happening between all the characters i think that's why it actually works like you really think that these guys are becoming friends and then uh like right that's what's sucking him into the world it's like the whole world of it right that he can't he's like found almost like a family in these surfers that have kind of accepted him in and it's it becomes a cult story too yeah yeah there's we we go along with Utah yeah. as it's happening. You're like Bodie's fucking. Cool. Yeah, we kind of like Bodie. You know, you're like I. Maybe you don't bring these guys down. Maybe maybe just let them rob their banks and move on. Who's really getting hurt? It doesn't right. seem like anyone's getting hurt. And then we share that that journey with him when it gets to the point where you start to be like, this Bodie guy's kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. You know that. Well, that happens you know, that real fucking fast in the back of that van. <laughs> it happens fast. It happens quick. Um, I think it's it's relatively earned. I, I think it works. It did well work enough. for me once we got a little further into it. Where mm. I, once you guys brought up the idea that he's like a cult leader, kind of, I, I kind of bought into it a little more. That mm. it's like, oh, he's just oh, he's always this crazy. You just don't see it until you get this far. Because it's so nice. He yeah. beats up the Red Hot Chili Peppers for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the the plot of the the plot of the movie, if you haven't seen it, which is crazy, just see it. Is uh, so Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah uh, is a young former uh, college quarterback. Yes, and seemingly a famous one. Yeah, right? he's a they famous all seem one. to recognize him as like a famous. And he's injured out of it with his yeah. leg, and so he takes on a new job as a special agent with and his partner FBI Angelo Pappas. agent in the world capital of bank robberies. Which <laughs> what town is this? Can you confirm that? I think it's L.A. Right? Is it, it L.A.? It looks like it was shot in Los Angeles. I don't know if that's where it's taking place necessarily. That's where it looks like it was shot, though. Um, although, except when they skydive, it doesn't look like they're anywhere remotely near the places they've been in the rest of the movie. Mm. It looks like they're like in the middle of Utah when they, when they skydive. But this is the bank robbery capital of the world. Can we talk about that? Yeah, how does that how does that happen? What is what does that even mean? Are really? there a lot of banks? Yeah, does nobody care? Right, or are they really that fucking good? Yeah, and if you're if it's the bank robbery capital of the world. Wouldn't there also be a task force set up to like meet that? Oh, no, but that's what that's what he's working for, right? Uh, McGinley but, tells him he's like, "This is a you know, he's like, this is like 
uh, you know, 22 years of bank robbery here. Right. This is, this is what we do. But he seems to be like the one cop working on that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's got like a team of a few people under him, but you would think there would be like a, like a whole special forces set up for the bank robbing capital of the world. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, but even so later too, uh, what's his name? Uh, Utah says to Pappas when he's talking about him, he's like, oh, you know, you've been working bank robbery long. And he's the one who says it where he's like, oh, I've got 22 years in right. bank robbery. So it is a task force that's set to it. Is it only Busey, perchance? That's what it seems they like. They just don't have the funds to yeah. uh, be able to give more. To like, maybe it's you know they're going light on bank robbers for those years. And that's how it became the bank robbery the well, capital of the world. They keep having to bankroll all those Cadillac surfboards that Utah yeah, keeps yeah. keeps <laughs> buying and then breaking over Red Hot Chili Peppers' faces. One of the things I like, one of my favorite characters, and now I cannot think of the boss's name, is a young. John C. McGinley. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is just credited as John McGinley. He doesn't have the oh, C. Oh, he doesn't have the C yet? doesn't have the C yet. Point Break put the C inside of him. <laughs> but um, he uh, he plays this. He's he's like your stereotypical hard-ass. You blew up two city blocks. Yeah. And he wears his long sleeve shirt rolled up to his shoulders. Uh-huh. And he's constantly, constantly filled with these really uh, just macho insults. Like shit face yeah. and, and stuff like that. He's also always screaming. He's always screaming. Yeah. He's never in a point of not screaming. And he is uh, he's another guy that is a trope, but it's kind of a tweak on the trope. He's not the guy sitting at the desk Mm-mm. just, you know, get in here. Uh, you, you blew up two city blocks, that whole thing. Yeah, we actually see him like out on the beat with them at a, mm-hmm. at a, at a few different points in the movie, always which screaming. you never see with that, cap- with that captain character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's always screaming. Well, his intro, too, is, is our first intro to the movie, and you pointed out that it's kind of a one-take shot. Oh, yeah, that was um, a crazy shot. goes on for a little while. There's probably hidden cuts I in think so. the left to right Some sweeping of the swoops, thing yeah. that they do. And uh, during this, it's just John McGinley talking to Utah, Keanu Reeves, uh, who plays a corpse. <laughs> uh, the two of them, he's just giving him the introduction. And the introduction that he gives him is amazing because the character that he describes as, this is the cop that we train, yeah. is not at all congruent with the oldest cop on the force, no. Gary Busey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Busey. Angelo Pappas. Angelo is smoking inside constantly in a world where nobody else is smoking. I, I, maybe 1991 was still a time when people were smoking inside, but no one else is ever smoking in this movie. He's constantly smoking a cigar the, inside the that police station. The bully cops smoke. Oh, yeah. yeah the bully right. cops yeah, smoke, but they're bullies. Right. Yeah, that's right. They're yeah. the ones that don't like Utah. Angelo walks that line. He's got that big cigar, which is somewhat more respectable than just smoking a cigarette inside. Mm. When you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt and sandals all the time. Yeah. That is uh, what you have to do. Yeah. But in this CD, I believe he says, uh, you know, like, you know, we, we run a tight ship here or something. And uh, I'm looking at you, Mike, because I know you know the line better than, than I probably do. When he's introducing Wait. Utah to everything, and he's like, "We," uh, he's like, "No, no caffeine, no drugs, you know, no sugar. And all the, uh, we we don't drink, and we sure as sure as hell don't smoke." Oh yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Oh, you know, I uh, peel the peel the skin off my chicken. Yeah, good man." But we don't have his experience. He, he does. He's just not unstoppable. Yeah. And it's what John C. McGinley has kind of become known to do. Oh yeah. Uh, when he did Scrubs, he was yep. Doctor uh, Cox. Uh, Cox. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible show. He was a. <laughs> um, yeah, we get it. You like the fray. So uh, <laughs> it, it was. Uh, he, it's just something that he's kind of become known to do. And I wonder if that seed was planted here. I think it had to be. I don't like. Can anybody think of? I'm sure there were, but can any of us think of anything before this that we know McGinley from? He was in a platoon. Oh yeah, fuck! Yeah. I forgot about that. Does he scream the whole time? He's kind of a kiss ass. He's, if I remember right. Correctly. Yeah, right? He, yeah. I yeah. think he plays more of like a like a softer character in that. I think right. Um. I wouldn't say soft. I would say uh, Weasley. 
Weasley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yes, yeah. that's a good description of it. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, it, I mean, it's vastly different from when he plays in this, but he. Uh, yeah, I guess he has a little rage, a little rage hidden in there. A little rage that, hidden in there. That comes out yeah. in this one. It, it's all out in this one. That's all they asked <laughs> him to do. They were like, yeah, you know that one scene where you let your rage out in Platoon? Can you just do that for a two-hour movie? I'm sure he got to work with Busey and, and loved it, loved every second. So I would, Yo, I think about how often he gets to play off of Busey, where he's just screaming at Busey, and somehow Busey is containing himself not to scream back in his face. Well, it does come to a head at that one point. We'll get to it later, but they do come oh, to yeah, they right. come to literal blows at one point. <laughs> but uh, one of the other things that I think is very apparent early on is this is Keanu Reeves at his at his hunkiest and least talented. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is very dry and very. Now it ends up working. It does kind of work same for the way movie. that that you are able to, you know, blankly. Pr- you have to, if you have a blank character, you can project yourself onto them. That's definitely you know, these, what this it is. is. A, but I think by the end though, there's certain points where it really starts to work. Like he has you do uh, get that relationship with him and Busey. But at the same time, it's been years since I've seen Busey just act in circles around anyone, let alone Keanu Reeves, who I think is quite good now. Uh, Pretty fucking pizza, Busey man. dances around him just... <laughs> and is just completely on fire and electric the entire time. And That was an amazing impression of both Busey's voice and his teeth, <laughs> like simultaneously <laughs> in one sound. The, uh, that's, this is my, my impression of Catherine Bigelow. Ready? Cut! Cut. Busey, can we run that again? More teeth. We're paying you. That's why we brought you in. People love the Busey teeth. Let's see them. Let's see them. It's a night shoot. We're going to need some of that refractive light. Get those teeth out there. There are scenes where he is smiling unnecessarily large for unnecessarily long. Well, Gary Busey used to be like a Paul Newman looking type, but he built a teleporter and he got in and he didn't realize that a horse had gotten in with him and it teleported him across the room and he became <laughs> Gary Busey. He's a horse man. <laughs> he has horse teeth. No, yeah, like, I, I want to see Gary Busey eat a carrot. That's all. I, I know get that. That's just like bag. the only Busey I'm familiar with. I'm like, I'm having trouble picturing the, the pre-horse Busey. Yeah. Well, he was he was never uh, not pre-horse. I mean, <laughs> he was always horse. Yeah, he's a little crazier post-motorcycle uh, accident. And then the last few years have not been kind. No. Like part of his face. He's had like a decade-long stroke. Yeah. It's just happening all the time. And we caught it on tape. Remember when, uh, has anybody actually watched Entourage in any significant way? Uh I watched it for a couple seasons. That's what I did too. Uh, I watched a couple of seasons. Oh, nice. Was enough to see Gary Busey put on an art show in one season. Does anybody remember this? There was a whole plot line where he puts on an art show. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Busey was crazy when they put him on the show. And the whole thing is all of his art is just blue, right? Uh Isn't that the thing? It's all just blue. And it's just like different shapes that are blue. Mm-hmm. And he's just, the whole episode is him just walking around his art show being like, take a look at this. What do you think of this? It's pretty, pretty blue. <laughs> he's just like, he, so he does he says, get the joke no, that he's losing his mind? I have no idea. Yes, yeah, you think does. so? You think so? I, they like interviewed his son on some kind of thing that I listened to, probably a podcast. And uh, <laughs> he was talking about podcast. how he gets a joke like definitely the insanity has to be there yeah but that like right playing it up and i feel like there i think the only reason so i don't know gary Busey like from <laughs> movies i know him from being a crazy like pop culture person oh sure yeah i like i don't know i started watching movies late so i have like no reference for that but uh i think that that there must have been like things about it in the news at the time because like that's 
I think that's why they had him do the part on Entourage. Oh, to, to be like, like that. He was on, like he was on a yeah. Trump show. The he oh, followed oh, yes, Meatloap yes, yes. on your Celebrity fire. Apprentice, yeah. right? Oh, so oh, on your like, fire. You on your fire. That's the show. I don't. I don't watch this shit. You're like a dad. Oh, the future president's on TV. Let's all watch him. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no, isn't that horrifying? I'm trying to curse it. It's going to hurt a lot of hearts. Kidding a lot of people. By the way, speaking of all of that, Gary Busey would play a great Trump if they tried to do like a uh, you know like a, an HBO movie about his run for presidency. I mean, I'd watch it. I don't know if I'd call it a great Trump. <laughs> I'd probably call it an interesting and hilarious on many levels take on Trump. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think it could be a great Trump. I would love it. I want to see an alternate take of Point Break because there's the scene where uh, Busey. Uh, we're just going to call him Busey. Busey no, that's you know, no, in honor of our dearly departed Angelo Pappas. Pappas is talking to Utah. <laughs> we're going to call him Utah, and we're going to call him Utah. We'll call him Pappas. So Pappas and Utah are uh, deciding who should go undercover. Yeah. And he's just like, really, you want me to surf? But I play football. Hear me do, man. And then he's just like, well, who's it going to be, kid, me? Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't it be Let's great if he was movie. like, that's a great idea. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like a hard definitely on oh, cause And then we watch a whole movie of just Busey getting thrown out of planes yeah. and screaming well, and shooting guns in the sky. But does he pick up the girl the same? I yes. feel like, I 100%. don't know. Oh, okay. He'd be like, your parents are dead? No shit. Mine too. <laughs> and just, boom, they're in. I also love the idea because then you would have a whole plot line about Johnny Utah Having to kind of instruct Gary Busey on having to instruct Pappas on like how to be young and hip and fit in with the surfer crowd. I love that idea, and I love the idea of seeing uh, the new Pappas yeah. uh, reading comic, uh, the funny papers, and yes. laughing his ass off, but it being Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, Keanu Reeves is like, yo, up ahead, there's a place with with uh, meatball sandwiches that I love. Get me two, yeah, two. Pappas, get me two. Pappas, got to definitely get it too. <laughs> yeah, that was almost his catchphrase. Was definitely, definitely, definitely. How, he says it's so big in the beginning of the movie when there's that great shot on, uh, you know, it's like up on the Hollywood Hills looking over L.A. It's definitely L.A. because that's where that shot, that scene definitely is. It's like it's the same place that they shot. Uh, uh, there's like a ton of stuff that's up there. Uh, uh, All of the Fast and the Furious movies. Yes, has and, a car park. Yes, up on there. Uh, and and fucking what am I thinking of? The David Lynch movie. Uh, oh, Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. They even yeah. say that in this movie. Yes, yeah, they it's say like, Mulholland Drive. Yeah. They're, they're on Mulholland Drive. Yeah, yeah. Because he says uh, the drop car was up on oh, Mulholland Drive. Oh, that's right. Drive. Yes, yeah, that is so where they okay, go. Yes, they are it's exactly where it there. is. Yeah. It's definitely where Mulholland Drive was shot. <laughs> yeah. And he, he says definitely in the biggest way in that scene. That I think that might have got the biggest laugh out of all of us yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, we did all really laugh. <laughs> I wrote down <laughs> the, the biggest laugh, and it is the best line in the whole movie when uh, Pappas is reminiscing on where this town's gone to shit. Yeah. And he says, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The air got dirty and the sex got clean. <laughs> <laughs> well, goddamn it, Pappas, if you didn't crystallize it and keep your finger on the pulse of LA. The air got dirty and the sex got Amanda, you brought up a great point. Is what does that line mean? I just didn't know if it got clean, like it got less STDs for everyone. Because, like, maybe when he was talking about 20 years ago, or if he clean meant, like, less weird. Like, now it's boring. Everyone's a straight edge in the 90s. Right. I didn't know what he was saying about I, sex I think in the 90s. Play either way. I was going to say, I feel like in 1991, they might mean the same thing. Like, he's saying safe as in condoms, which also to him means, like, boring. <laughs> you mm. know what I mean? Well, it's, it's immediately post-AIDS crisis yeah. in 1991. So it's oh. like, you know. Maybe That's sex had to get totally, clean. Totally, yeah. yeah. I think this movie's definitely that deep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's 100% yeah, yeah. that deep. It's got to be. Yeah. There's no other way around it. It, did it. Did it have a Top Gun feel to anybody else? It's almost like Tony Scott made this movie without any of his insane tendencies. 
I I hate Top Gun. I do too. I think it's a terrible film. Yeah. I only thought, but about it does it have that tone during the sports part. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Beach, Beach volleyball really yeah. conjures yeah. just one image, <laughs> and it's Val Kilmer. Something <laughs> about the soundtrack to this and the way everything looks like it's sweating the whole time mm. really reminded me of Top Gun. There's a lot of soft focus. There's yeah. like. I think it's supposed to be dreamy, like beach culture. Yeah, totally. It's supposed to have totally. That. Nothing happens on Christmas with fireworks in a warehouse here. It all happens <laughs> right. in sweeping landscapes and you know raining at the beach and, yeah. and waves coming in and the whole, people wearing their jeans. The, the whole beach. opening scene is in pouring rain, and so yep. is the closing. Actually, I just realized that it's bookended by just pouring rain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, sand in the jeans is definitely the vibe that from the whole movie sorry See, no, you're so jeans. obsessed with that but I was well, like it, it upsets me when people wear jeans to a beach seems like sand in the jeans no you're good no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well the beach it's it's gross I hate the beach you've probably heard me talk about it on the air a million <laughs> times I fucking hate the beach and this movie makes the beach palatable for me well, so that's a good thing tell, but tell they do tell often wear boo. jeans at the beach so many people are wearing jeans at the beach which it's it's hot out so you don't wear jeans if anything jean shorts it's 1991 you can make cutoffs and it'll be it'll be cool that's true uh, you can't do that Nobody's anymore Nobody's in cutoffs in this. drink it in drink it in while you can 1991 and you can't it's over it's 2016 <laughs> but anywho and people play tackle football in jeans at the beach, cool. and that is something I cannot abide. There's too much. Ugh. Well, your big, your big bugaboo with this is that scene where uh, Keanu Reeves and uh, well, give me the woman's name again. Why can't I remember the actual? Uh, Lori Strode? Petty. Lori Petty. Lori Strode is Strode? the victim, That's the victim in, in, in uh, Halloween. Halloween. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the victim. Yeah. yeah. The final girl. The final girl. Yeah. She's not a victim. <laughs> Let's give her some uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Lori, I already forgot her last name again. Uh, Lori Petty. Petty. Lori uh, Petty. When they wake up on the beach together after clearly having had sex and they're both naked and uh, he realizes he's late, Johnny Utah realizes he's late for work, puts his jeans on and then walks into the biggest action scene of the movie. You had a real problem with how much sand he must have had in those jeans through that action scene. He was wet. Yeah. He was surfing at night. He slept on the beach while wet, so he would have dried, caked sand off, which might as well be gritty glue. <laughs> it's to, and it gets into every crevice. Maybe that's what it is. It's just Keanu Reeves is such a perfect specimen. He has no, no crevices, crevices to, <laughs> for, for in which sand would get lost. But I don't know. It sucks on the beach. There's a thing around that. I don't. It's gross. You're just, yeah, there's just like sand. That. There's so many pieces of it in a small little sample. It's just a million pieces in a little scoop. Yeah. None of that. Like and that. he's he puts his jeans on and rushes to work and has a very large action sequence. And that just the whole time, all I can think is that there's sand in his jeans and in his butt crack and shit. And I couldn't get into a gun battle in suburbia no. with any amount of sand in my jeans. Yeah. Even none. I'm not getting into that <laughs> battle. But if I were, I'd prefer to have sandless jeans. And he definitely sandless does not have jeans. them. Sand in his, sand in yesterday's clothes is the grossest thing I can think of. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about the foot chase. So this is the name of the next Radiohead album. It's called Sand in Yesterday's sand Clothes. Sand in Yesterday's Clothes. That's good. Uh, the foot chase. Anybody know? Anybody know what I'm referencing? The foot chase. Absolutely. That is super memorable, and I feel like a foot chase has to be one of the hardest things to make memorable. Right? There's not much you can do, especially in a pre-parkour world. Yeah. It's just people running, and that's all this is, just people running, but it's like through all these really tight spaces, and the cameraman is clearly like running with them, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's always like, they do this interesting thing where like, they don't really show you what they're about to run into. You sort of run through doors with them, mm-hmm. so whenever a door pops open, whatever's on the other side of it is like a big reveal, and then we're already out of it. We're already like on mm-hmm. to the next one. It's you kind might of run, you might like it pops open, and then there's a lady carrying a stack of laundry who for <laughs> two throws. frames is like Whoa! and throws right them. in the camera. She's a human fruit cart. Yep. 
Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. A human fruit cart. It's, it's yeah. their function yeah. is to just be an explosive, colorful thing. <laughs> so then you're like experiencing it as they're doing it. And like it makes it so much more intense, though, because you're like, oh, you don't know where you're going or right. you don't know the lay of the land or whatever. Yeah. Right. So you're as lost as like they are and disoriented. Yeah. Well, like when he pops through that first fence and suddenly it's like a backyard littered with kids toys. It's like you don't even get the full scope of this being like a, a childhood scenario until he's already on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like he's already traversed the whole thing before you realize that's kind of like where we are and what's happened. My first thought was like, man, those kids run that house. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a million toys there's out so in the toys. yard and nobody cleaned Nobody's them up. cleaning that shit up. Dad would not have stood for that. <laughs> those toys would have been in the trash. Maybe it, maybe it seems fun because it's like an obstacle course. Oh, like, that's a good point. It's, a, it's first person. So like I, I love watching videos online of like, roller coasters and Mm -hmm. like being from the point of view you know so when you know he jumps through the pool and or uh breaks the glass and kicks the dog and (laughs) yeah that's right he drop kicks a dog he does drop kick a dog yeah so when you you see that in first person it's it's pretty cool yeah that actually i wanted to bring up though is that was one of the things that interested me about it is it's not quite first person it's a lot of really tight over the shoulder third person so it's like a it's like it's interesting because we do a lot of first-person stuff now. Hardcore Henry was this mm. year. It was a whole movie made in first-person. There's a, there's more and more of that happening, I think, because of the influence of video games. Did you guys see that? Sorry. I yeah. did. Uh, yeah. Dan loved it. I hated it. Okay. it. We're very mixed on that movie as far as, you know, when mm. you put our two opinions together. Uh, but the the I like the idea that this is like these tight over-the-shoulder shots because I, I'm not crazy about the first-person thing, and I feel like this... I don't know how to describe it, but it almost brings me into it more that I can see someone else traversing it, well, it's almost but like I'm it's as close to, to them you. as I can get. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's not supposed to be you. It's supposed to be them, but you want to be but, along but with But I'm them. like right yeah. there with them. Exactly, yeah. I'm watching somebody else do it, but I'm like right there in it with them. It was like sort of the perfect balance of like what I think first person is trying to accomplish mm. uh, and, and sort of like a, a more filmic, like, hey, this is a movie. You're watching a character. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like a nice balance of those things that I do think is like what makes it so exciting and gripping. And I don't know how long it goes on for, but it seems like impressive that they just never stop running. Like yeah. you feel, but I mean, obviously, whatever, it's a movie. You cut it together so that they don't stop running. But like you would run into a thing, but they just keep moving and moving. So it feels like yeah, it's right. forever it's a- because there's never any point where you like slow down. Oh no, which way did he go? Like you're right. Actually, it's breathless. The next yeah. Thing. Yeah. There's not that moment where he comes out on like a T in the road and right. like, looks left and right and yeah, tries yeah. to make a decision. He immediately makes the decision, yeah. crosses the road and gets into the next fence where yeah. who knows? Could he be over the fence? Right. You can't it see. Could be but he with toys. Knows. <laughs> yeah. Which is how he ends up hurting his knee, kind of, is that it's such a breakneck pace mm-hmm. that no one ever stops to think about, like, what's next. He just launches himself over that hill and hurts his knee. I think the direction there is what's what keeps the screaming into the air while shooting the gun up into the sky kind of thing. What keeps that from being... I mean, it is cheesy, and that's right. the fun of it. Yeah. But from being the point where you're like... The, the breaking point, the point where you break, <laughs> where you're just like, uh, okay, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Because it's such a strong moment because you get that breakneck pace, yeah. and then it finally, boom, you hit mm-hmm. there, he busts his knee, and that's when it does that open yeah. up thing. And then from there... We do a back and forth between Reagan Swayze. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll call him Razy. <laughs> uh, between Raisin and Utah. And uh, him and Raisin look at each other and it, can, it gets tighter and tighter yeah. each time. And they have that, you know, they have a moment where it suggests that they're looking eye to eye. And we know that, that now, uh, uh, what's his name? Ra- uh, Raisin <laughs> knows 
you know, knows that Utah's a cup. Yeah. But Utah still doesn't quite sure. know that that is raising Bodie, it. Bodie, yeah. Uh, Bodie. And uh, so it's it's a great moment. And it's because of that breakneck pace that breaks there. And then they slowly, put, you know, build it up again. And then, you know, and then essentially you come. Ah! Right? And you shoot. Exactly, yeah. It's exactly what they're doing there. It's a, That's totally what it is. And I also, I, I you know, that I, I just realized that that maybe is partly why the foot chase is so memorable is the stakes of that foot chase are very clear and really high because the the hour and a half leading up to that is the cat and mouse game of are these two guys going to figure out who each other are? Mm. That's sort of the third layer on the buddy cop and also the you know un- going undercover too deep mm. is this cat and mouse game between the cop and the and the uh, and the the bank robber, the cop and the criminal, you know, mm. uh, and that foot chase is what puts the stakes basically the highest they're ever going to get for the cat and mouse game because mm. it's like he probably saw. Utah, but we're not sure if he saw Utah's face. You know what I mean? And then when you get to that end, that is the climax of like, he definitely knows who Utah is now. There's no going back from this. Mm. And when and then the coming moment is Utah definitely knowing that that's Bodie. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah, is yeah. that is when we finally realize like for sure he figured out who that is. Yeah, yeah, you know? Is there any way you know around when that happens in the movie? For me that I felt like it seemed earlier than I thought it would because then I was like oh no well now they know. Right. And I remember there being a lot more movie than this. How did they keep it going that there's so much more movie and it felt like then like uh, I don't know that at least it's like creative like once they know who each other are you think okay it has to be the end but it felt like there was really a lot more and it was like oh where is this gonna well like, that, how do they that's <laughs> definitely an act transition totally and I wouldn't even call it I mean on the bigger picture it's like a third act transition yes. but this is a movie that has like five, five so it's yeah. like the three and you know three to four act transition because yeah. okay. I would say the fifth one is once yep. you get uh, uh, Lori Petty into the picture yes mm-hmm. yeah 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 uh, well, and you have the, uh, that's kind of what's interesting about this movie, actually, is you do the cat and mouse thing, you really build that tension, but you release it like halfway through the movie. And then the, the and I think what's interesting is then the way you build the tension back up is now we, well, not only that, but now we know they both know who each other are. And now they're, now Swayze is going to use that to his advantage to try and take him down. He's go- he's going to use the fact they know who each other are to bring him into like even crazier scenarios. The mm. the the uh, the plane jumping sequence, the bank robbery, the fact they know who each other are is what makes those sequences so intense. You know what I mean? Because then they become a different game. Now it's not a game of am I going to be able to keep my identity hidden from you? It's now you definitely know who I am. How much are you going to let me fuck with you based on this weird emotional relationship we've established? But I don't know if he's necessarily fucking with him. I, he is at one point. Oh, definitely. That's what the whole still, parachute throwing around thing is about. I think he's still hopeful that he's going to convert him at some yes. point, too. I think that's still in there. But this is where we get that transition from where, where we start to see Bodhi as like, oh, this was kind of a neat cult, but now we've got to drink the poison. Yeah. Maybe not, you know, we, we have that moment. I think that's what earns that, that character transition for Oh, totally. You know, that's that's the kind of game that, that you need to do to turn Bodhi into this villain because he's so cool. It, it's true. And he immediately says, like, I know exactly what to do. And then you find out that that's like, oh, capture the girlfriend and hold her hostage. Right. And say you're going to gut her like a pig. And that's when I kind of realized, like, oh, it's really uh, this is for power this is what i believe is my life's purpose and right. i'm gonna follow it despite like murdering this oh, yeah. girl that i used to know it will well, literally also, anything that's also kind of a good point is because he makes the claims the whole time this is about finding his zen but you, you know by the time you get to that point in the movie it's clearly a control thing it's more mm. of a power control thing it doesn't have as or as much to do with zen as you know as you would 
think. Well, he's so he's so go for broke, will do anything yeah. to reach his zen that he doesn't even realize that he's having, mm-hmm. you know, power control issues. Well, that's true because the zen the whole time is being on top of like a huge that's wave true, or yeah. jumping out of a plane, so it probably shouldn't surprise us so much that mm. he would jump to. Uh, do you think? Um, do you think their Bodhi and Utah's relationship is like? alpha male in the terms of Tyler because oh yeah he wants to be him yeah are they like trying to win her like are they each fighting each other for her like is Bodhi putting Utah in these situations so Bodhi can show dominance like yeah you got Tyler but you're not as extreme as me yeah yeah that's gotta be in there because he, he seems to up it and when he finds out that Utah's on his tail you know as a cop he ups it even more mm-hmm. and Obviously, kidnaps the girl and threatens to kill her. Mm. Yes. There is like an interesting thing where the first time Utah is introduced to the group, uh, Bodhi seems maybe jealous or something. He asks, uh, he asks Petty. He well, says, like, "Who is this guy?" He, he grabs her and, and kisses her. Right. The yeah. First he makes he a big right display. Yeah. yeah. And then the next thing he says, he asks her. He says, "Like who?" Right. Doesn't he say, "Like who is this guy?" Or, or are you trying to replace me? That's what he says. He says, mm. "You're trying to replace me." Then after that, every time they interact, he seems very cool with the idea that she's with other men. He's always with other women. Mm. She doesn't seem all that upset by him being with other women, although she never seems that interested in Bodhi either. That almost seems more like a power thing where he wants her, and that's his dominance over the group, is having some dominance over her as well. Absolutely. Um, Well, he has that one line, too, when they first show up to the party, and he's doing the shot and the lime out of the other girl's mouth. And then Tyler and uh, Utah show up. And he's like, oh, watch out for her. She's dangerous. Right, right. And so he's saying, like, listen, I hit that first. Yep. That's important. Let's get that out of the way. And also just like, she, she, I can't really give her shit because I'm sitting here with this other girl. Right. So I'm just going to, you know, loosely establish that I've been there before. And, yeah, and I, I kind of don't want her. So yeah. he's definitely trying to play some That's true. I guess you're right. There is game, like you know? some, some alpha male to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there's another line where he was saying something like it's everybody is free to do what they want but then that also implies that he's the one that has the power to say oh she's you can date her if you want right? Yep. that it's right 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 everybody's free to do what they want as long as it's within the confines of what i have determined mm-hmm. is what people should want if you listen to any like classic cult story one of the things that always happens is like like well look at charles manson like he had a literal harem yeah it's just part of that it is it's a yep. power thing it's yep. it's a dominance thing that to surround himself with this harem of of inferiors that in his mind he has conquered. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that is definitely a cult thing. And it doesn't play to such an extreme in this movie, but it is without a doubt, you know, what is happening. You know, I think that's one of the things that makes this hokey script work is little nuances like that yeah. that aren't so hokey and are, you know, written silly but smoothed over by I don't want to say great performances, but perfect for this performance. Yeah. I, I would imagine uh, having Bigelow direct it too has a little Absolutely. bit to do with that that more emotional touch that it has, right? I, I don't mean to make that direct parallel of like women are emotional and so they know what to do with it, but just, not, not dismissive of moments that can have substantial yes. emotion to them, like them surfing at night or whatever. I don't know. You just yeah, you do believe it, and she takes the time to like make you care about it. Whereas other movies, you'd be like, oh yeah, and then this is the part where they fall in love, so that later we know he yep. cares when right. they capture her and they have sex once and then nobody cares about it. But like, right. It's yeah. She's really great at showing that, right. The 
connections are like what makes this uh like the point of the script i uh, think it works okay. across the board too because yeah. that is that is a. Uh, the one thing that I think makes this work is the the relationships. I believe that they yeah. fall for each other. I believe that him and Pappas. You know, I believe him when he's upset about I Pappas believe dying. His relationship, you know? yep, and I believe yeah. with, in his relationship with Bodhi too. And I believe in his you know relationship, whatever it may be, with Tyler. Yeah, that is what keeps this you know keeps it moving forward. Is that glue? And I think that um, you know had it been James Cameron directing and not Catherine Bigelow. It would have been like, hmm, do we have this soft moment, or do we, do we blow something? Like, do right, we get, do we get something, something big going? Can, yeah. we, can we flex a muscle here? Yeah, and it's like, maybe you don't need to do that. Yeah, and that's why Point Break endures over. You know, this didn't need sequels to no. reach the. You know, it took eight movies for the Fast Family to yeah. take the same story and get to those relationships. Yeah, people had to die. And, uh, <laughs> but no, but it's a, uh, it's. You know that that a lot of movies would smooth that over. Like I could, when has the transporter ever shown tenderness? Right. I have no fucking clue. I'll yeah. tell you about the time that he, you know, fed a guy a fire hydrant or some shit. <laughs> but uh, you know, or, or, you know, hit a guy with a bike. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> without that, and I think that does come from a Catherine Bigelow. I, I think it does. I, I I think that she just she is as invested in the emotional lives of these characters mm-hmm. as she is in giving us spectacle, I'd and say she it works balances for those like near things dark really too. well. Yes, totally. Near dark has a soft edge to. Yep. and it's you know it's almost soap opery. It's it sort of, but I, I feel like this, that's insulting. But it, I know it has you a mean. softer edge. It doesn't have that like to it. Right. It, it kind of cruises, and the is there, but it's hidden. Yeah, it has a like really similar plot to Near Dark as well. If you think about it, with Utah and Tyler hooking up and then getting into the underground thing. Oh, and then the, the guy and the female vampire in Near Dark, and then yep. he gets into that underground group. Yep, and there's. Alpha male dominance uh-huh. in those situations as well. With we the keep great Bill hours. Oh, yeah, that is. Who's your favorite actor in the world? Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, through That's, and through. Dan and I have yeah. talked about this on the show. I watched that movie for the first time earlier, maybe maybe late last year or something like that. And uh, boy, my favorite moment in the whole movie is Bill Paxton turning around to somebody in the van and going, "We keep odd hours." Yeah. It is great. And it's yeah. funny because he's a vampire. Yeah. I haven't seen that in ages. It's fun. I liked it. I have the DVD somewhere. It's enjoyable. You ever seen Near Dark? No, I was just looking it up to see uh, what that was about. I have yeah. not ever seen it. It's, uh, it's. I mean, it's. It is another classic along the lines. You know, the same way that Point Break is considered a classic. I think sort of a, a cult classic. Yeah. Um, well, Near Dark was kind of overshadowed by Lost Boys. Yes. Same yeah. year. So. Yeah. Uh, but Point I, Break, but of course, won Best Picture. It wasn't. Point Break. It wasn't anything. Yeah. Overshadowed. I, was this a big box office success? Does anybody know? Um, I'm sure I can find out. Yeah, t- I was just looking at Catherine Bigelow's filmography, and there's just a lot of uh, good stuff. Yeah, she's a uh, she's a good filmmaker. I remember this being successful. I remember this being popular oh, yeah. when I was. Born. I know it was popular. This was twenty four million was... dollar budget yeah. and forty three point two million dollar gross. Okay, so yeah, it it made its money back. Yeah, it still doesn't seem like a lot of maybe in nineteen ninety one that was. A this big might box just office. be. Uh, let's see if it, they have the global. Ah, uh, see, that is that is just U.S. But I, I wonder what the uh, I can get the global on Wikipedia. I wonder. Say, I, I, even domestic. I've forgotten that seems... what the foreign market market the foreign market the market yeah. the, the foreign market was like in. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. I in fe- the 90s. that seems light to me for how popular this movie is, which is you know hardly ever an indication. But I that also probably considers just box office, you know DVDs. Yeah, and, this would have been a huge rental. Stuff. Maybe this was one of those movies that was like a big VHS. I didn't see this late until later yeah. in life. I saw Hot Fuzz long before I ever saw this. Oh so, really? Yeah, and but then you know 
I caught up with it and I was like, oh, I'm not super impressed, but it's cool. And then it just I fell in love with it. Like I said, yeah. my buddy's dad had just a VHS collection of like action movies. Yeah. That was what he liked. So like I this was something I got to see pretty early on. I first saw it. Uh, my uncle rented this in Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. And I oh, watched that's, it that's hilarious. James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. the worldwide uh, box office was $83.5 million. Yeah. So that's fucking huge. And it's now a cult movie. So, yeah. It, that's that's a lot of money. And was, is this... Uh, does it, I, I'm about to make you look something else up, I think. Uh, do we know... Where does this come in Reeves' career? Had he only done Bill and Ted stuff before this? No, he did. But he actually had like a deeper filmography than I thought. He was one of those guys that's always been around. That's so been like Point working Break a lot. Out, let's see. Keanu Reeves. It, it, anytime I watch this movie, like I'll hit like three separate points where I'm like, oh, Patrick Swayze's dead. Oh, and yeah. I start to get all, all weird. How, I was going to ask that too, actually. How old was Swayze when he made this movie? Um, I think he was like 30. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so Keanu Reeves, his... Oh, that's soundtrack. Oh, he does soundtrack. His first movie was in 1981. And so he was in a couple small things like Letting Go, The Brotherhood of Justice, River's Edge, Under the Influence, oh, Babes in Toyland, Youngblood. Babes in Toyland. Um, Act of Vengeance with Charlie Bronson. Oh, I never saw it. So yeah, it's still going. I haven't yeah. gotten... So they, yeah, then Bill and Ted's is kind of like the, the That was like his breakout, big breakout, right? Yeah. And then... And when was that? What year is Bill and Ted? Uh, that was... Uh, the original Bill and Ted was... Let's see. Excellent Adventure was 89. 89. Wow. And then there's the... So this is only two years after show. that. And I'm still scrolling. I haven't gotten to it. Yeah, he had Point Break. And then after that, he had Bram Stoker's Dracula, which wow. I fucking love. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah, so he really like had, uh, skyrocketed like right after Bill and Ted. A little bit. I mean, he did Dracula, and then they tried to make him an action hero with Speed and Johnny, Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. And Chain Reaction with Morgan Freeman. I mean, this too. And then he, yeah, and then I and guess he's totally an action hero. Okay. Yeah. This is where, where that dawned, I think. Yeah. I don't think he had any action before that. And then there's like feeling Minnesota and dramas. And then boom, we get Devil's Advocate in the Matrix. Yep. So yep. that's kind of where yep. Keanu Reeves became more of an. I, I remember after the Matrix, someone telling me, You remember Bill and Ted? Yeah. Did you know that was Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah. That's great. Ah, oh, the Matrix was so long ago. I, it's Ooh, crazy goodness. how long ago that was. You're making me feel old. Give yeah. me other information to look up. I don't want to think about that. Yeah. Connery is 51. So uh, he was born in 64, 74, 84, 90. He was 27 in this 27, movie. 27, yeah. So that would mean that... Claiming he's 24. Right? That's what he says. 25. He's, 25. He's, he's 24. So Patrick Swayze was born in 52. So he was 39. 39. Yeah, that's what, I was, that's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, I feel like... Based on when he died, when this movie was made, he might have actually been like kind of like pushing his forties in, in this, and he definitely is supposed to look like a, I would say, late twenties, early thirties, like surfer dude. And it was a take late bloomer. Uh, Patrick I think he was a late bloomer, though. Yeah, like he didn't come around to like the mid eighties, right? Yeah, that's true. Actually, like dirt, well, there dirty was Skate Town USA. Oh, Skate Town, fuck. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think he was in Youngblood with uh, Keanu there. Yeah. Oh, well. really? I, I never saw that. Outsiders. Yeah, I was telling you about that. I've never seen The Outsiders. Yeah, I've never seen The Outsiders either. That was early early 80s. Yeah. That's a good cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check that out. That's based on a book, right? Yeah, I was yep. going to say, I yeah. read it, but yeah. I didn't see it. Mm, I read the... I, I don't. I know nothing about it. Yeah. Anyone want to take a guess at how old Gary Busey was Whoa. in Point Break? He's got to be close in age to Swayze, actually. Right? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's not 150. You might <laughs> think that it's 150. It's not 150. 44. 45. 43. You're the winner. It's 47. Oh. 47. 47 years old. Wow, I can't believe Doesn't that. Doesn't look a day over 300. <laughs> 
Oh, Gary Busey. But them, them teeth, them teeth don't age. <laughs> them teeth are probably pretend. And then Lori Petty, she was... So she was 28, so she was yeah. uh, a, a little in. Yeah. That's so... It's fucked up that all of the people in movies are younger than me now. I know. <laughs> it's not fair. I want to be a point break. <laughs> uh, I, the thing that I think I like the most about this movie is that it's sort of this interesting, like, machismo picture made by a woman yeah. who is kind of, like, unpacking machismo in it, I think. It, it seems, like, very much about, like, what motivates men is kind of well, like what the movie's about. Is directly. That? There's the point where they're all comparing surf stories and Tyler's just like, there's too much testosterone right, here. Yeah. And they all kind of laugh it off and it's like, you guys are, are having a dick yeah. contest here. It's, it's yeah. definitely happening. Oh, that's, uh, I think you might have brought this up. Uh, uh, Bodhi has that funny line the first time he sees Keanu Reeves. He makes fun of him for basically having an expensive surfboard is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, oh, what do you got? The Cadillac of surfboards there or whatever he says. But that is also, I think you pointed out. Is he making like, fun of for an expensive I or is think it just because it's big and I unwieldy? It was, yeah, big and like, yeah. Right, but I think that's the point he's making. He is 57. Yeah, mm. okay. 57, right. And I think that's the point he's making though is like, you're clearly a guy that doesn't surf. That is too big. It's too new. It's too yeah, expensive. Yeah, yeah. Like he's... He's making a point that that's like the kind of thing an it, that a guy that doesn't know anything about surfing goes and spends his money on. But I think you brought it up. It's also like very much a dick wagging thing. It's him being like, "Look at the big cock over here." You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like he's like, "Oh, what are you overcompensating for?" <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, which I do. I think that's a lot of what this movie is about. It's like her kind of unpacking that kind of masculinity and that kind of mm-hmm. machismo, uh, which she's unpacking through like a lot of homoerotic undertones, but also just like actual sort of like dick wagging. You know what I mean? Uh, well, even in the uh, even in the uh, uh, the FBI office. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. There's the you know the old the old man uh, uh, Gary Busey. Yeah. The guy who's younger than him but higher up on the chain, yeah. John McGinley. You know, there's the new guy cop, the rookie, and then there's the couple like the bully guys. Uh, what are their names? You you must know their names. Alvarez and Babbitt. Alvarez. How and did you know that? And they're uh, well, that's why. <laughs> So there is every single one of them is doing a <laughs> you know just trying to to flex to each other. Yeah. And. That's that's something that's shown in movies, but I don't know. In this one, it seems less of a trope and more of a like let's play around with this idea. It's like a real it's exploration a of it. Yeah. I think like there's that uh, it's the Mulholland Drive scene that you, you talked about. How much you love that scene oh, when they start screaming at each other, and that's literally how they earn each other's respect. Mm-hmm. They don't have each other's respect before that scene, and it's not until well, they start him, shouting at each other. And he says, "Hey man, yeah, hey man, good, yeah." And, you know, does He's it like, make no, you feel alive. alive. Yeah. Let's go get these guys. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, but that is that is such a fucking interesting dissection of masculinity. You know yep. what I mean? Like that is such a cutting to me seems like a cutting sort of female perspective on masculinity that like these two dudes could could literally save each other's lives, but until they bark in each other's faces for six minutes, they're never gonna earn each other's respect. So you gotta get it done. Yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah. When guys fight, eh, usually they work it out. Uh. It's, because it's, they they just fight. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an alpha. Th- it's it's that alpha thing. It's that competing for like who's really in charge here. Yep. And and I think maybe a lot of what the movie's about is like that. Uh, the give and take of that is like maybe the maybe the reason uh, Pappas and uh, and Utah uh, function so well together. But Bodie and Utah, although they have a stronger emotional connection, are never going to be able to function well together. Is Pappas and Utah are able to pull a give and take there? Mm-hmm. Someone takes the lead. At, you know, someone well, can alpha for happening. this, and then someone else can alpha for he's that. He's getting Utah. He's turning him into a good cop. Right. Utah is reminding him of the cop he that he is to a good be. cop. Yeah, because uh, he is a good cop. But yeah. You can tell he's just kind of resting on his laurels in yeah. his career. 
And so it took that spark and that little bit of anger to make him be like, no, I'm going to be a fucking cop. Now you got him running down runways and shooting stuff and eating two meatball subs instead <laughs> of one. I do like that he doesn't have a wife. Yeah. That is a funny thing to me because the, the Pappas in my head would be like, man, you sound like my ex-wife. Yeah. We know nothing about him except that he likes meatball sandwiches and the funny papers. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And he's damn good at his job. I'm almost positive he has the line, oh, that Calvin, when he's, he's like, reading oh, Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. <laughs> It also kind of makes like the moments of peace, like in the water. Yeah, kind of, you like realize that more that like they live these like stressful or whatever really intense lives, and so then like they're finding something for real that's outside them and peaceful in the water or whatever. I'm a total beach person, and also <laughs> that's just me seeing that in the water, being like, oh, that's it does where feel peaceful. I'm alone and it's quiet and it's. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's what I like totally about the ocean is you're not alone. No, but it works because it does totally sell you on why you want to do yeah, that, and that's right. also at the and heart why it of would this. suck Utah in. You know, it, would, it, would, it, would, yeah. it's, it is inviting, and well, there's and there's the class word of that too, where yes. it's like the surfer guys they don't like outsiders because no one understands their ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They like that peace, and the cops are just like nah, typical punk kids. Yeah, and it's. You know, and with with those scenes, it earns that divide. And he even tells the story, you know, the lie to her about his parents dying and this being like the the thing, the life that he's going to live. And, you know, you see that as like you're lying, but you're not lying. Like, this is what you're looking for. And then we watch you get it, that it's uh, like the thing that you want to do and you like find your bliss in it or whatever. Right. Because the lie he's telling her to get in is actually o- almost like a desire. He's almost expressing a desire for what he would want for his life that he never took the reins of. He just did what his parents wanted mm. him to do. So expressing that his parents have died is him saying, I want to be disconnected from that life that I decided to like, that path I decided to walk down. Yeah, this is what I'm going to do, and I want to follow you guys, right. right? And I want this to be my thing. Right. And even though, right, it's in ultimate service of his career, yes. but nothing, none of that matters right now. Right. He's he's definitely uh definitely <laughs> he is definitely. Now I totally lost what I was gonna say because I just thought about his tagline. Def- no, he's when he's telling that story to her about his dead parents, he's telling a true story yes. that is packed with lies. Yes, his parents aren't dead, but like he definitely is starting to realize. Hey, mm-hmm. maybe you know I did just kind of follow it. Now I'm a cop. I used to be a star quarterback. Right. I don't know what that's like. Now I'm a like matrix. <laughs> now I'm a matrix. Is that what he said? Now I'm, I'm a, a fucking matrix. matrix? Yeah. Ugh. He's he is so. It is weird the Keanu Reeves performance. There's nothing ever like it. Yeah, it is. I I I want to say that it's bad because I feel like it's very dry and right. very empty, and he doesn't seem. He just seems to be reading his lines, but I cannot think of a single tweak that would make it work better for the movie. Right. So I guess it's good. Less, I, I guess less it's lines. really good. Less lines. Yeah, less lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he cracked it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We figured it out with Gosling, and we know it would work for. Uh, did you see the nice guys? Ooh, he does a lot of talking. He has a lot of lines. And he's That's great. honestly why I'm concerned about seeing it. I don't like when he talks. Really? <laughs> oh. oh, he's really funny in it. I think we're having a we're yeah. having a Lizzie Kaplan moment. Yeah. yeah. Because I I don't get her when and she I talks. I adore her. <laughs> like I just. Uh, That's I funny. She's a I princess. adore Gosling. I wanted to talk more. I want I to talk to me and be my friend. The one with Steve Carell, that one was okay. Oh, yeah. Crazy Stupid Love, yeah. is that what it's called? Other uh, talking about the big short. Also, oh, with, Steve also with Steve Carell and him. A lot yeah. of talk. And he's really funny in that, too. Yeah, really funny in that. Yeah. 
But hey. Ryan Gosling is in the... Uh, yeah, he I, has a permanent. I only watched the movie three times. Yeah. <laughs> Gosling's in the big short. He's yeah. the... He oh. he's the Jenga guy. He explains okay. how loans work. He always Jenga. yells oh, at his yeah. little his little shitty subordinate. <laughs> yeah, he always yeah. just fucking loses it all. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie too. The movie's great. That's a great movie. Gosling's a real good actor. Goo goo Gosling yeah. bringing his A game. You know he's a better actor than Keanu Reeves for sure. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I would say right. so. And in my opinion. Yeah. But I think you're not. Oh nope, you're making pain uh, faces. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Who's better? Gosling's got an Oscar nomination, right? Does he? Oh yeah. Has Keanu ever been nominated? He couldn't have been. I think Let's you find out. You this got nominated for uh, Half Nelson, I think. Gosling. Gosling did, yeah. yeah. That movie's great. Yeah. That movie's really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. I love I'll that say this about Keanu. I don't, I've never seen a Keanu movie I didn't like. Ooh. Like, like he knows how Ooh, to, I like this thought. to pick movies. Yeah, he does work, yeah. yeah. Let me run down that, uh, that path real quick. I think you're right. Has he made I know, anything 47 like? Ronin. Uh, uh, yeah, all yeah, these yeah. classics. Um, no, I'm just kidding. There's a lot I haven't seen. I'll say that. But yeah, I can't think of any that I don't. Like John like Wick that I've seen. John Wick is great. John Wick is great. So good. Keanu's got, I mean, he is lousy with uh, MTV Movie Awards, let me tell you. He's got, <laughs> he's got Best Kiss, Best Fight, Best Male Performance, Best Fight Again, Best On Screen Duo. Oh, he's got Best Kiss for A Walk in the Clouds, uh, Best On Screen Duo for Speed, a nominee Best Male right Performance. Right he's got a, he is just filled. Sexiest Hero. The MTV movie, which in parentheses says Iro Mas Sexy for <laughs> uh, Matrix Reloaded. Wow. Oh, he's also got some Razzies for Hardball, Sweet November. Oh, these are all just these are nominees. The, he didn't win any of these. Chain Reaction, Johnny Mnemonic, Walk in the Clouds, Much Ado About Nothing. So he's, he's got those too. But uh, the teen choices, cleaning the fuck cleaning up. Cleaning them up, baby. Clean cho- so no, no, no Academy Awards. No, yeah, not even nominated, huh? Not even nominated. Yeah. Uh. It doesn't surprise me, but I, I kind of I I feel I don't know I feel Mike's point pretty is that I if he seems to choose carefully and make sure he's doing entertaining movies. Yeah, well, uh, and he chooses the things that suit him. Yes, you know, I even in movies that I didn't like, I think he's always been good. He's in, usually like, pretty. He good. works in for me. Yeah, like do you ever see what's that movie called? Is it called Thumbsucker? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I've never seen Thumbsucker. It's I know a, what you're talking about. I think it's an indie with one of the Culkin kids. It's a Mike Mills movie, uh, and he plays like a fucking dentist or a therapist or something in it. And he's pretty funny. He's like, it's not a great movie. He's one of the better things in it. He's just like, I don't know. He's really good in it. Um, and uh, there was a period there, actually, where he was doing that a lot. Like, in the mid-2000s, he was showing up in just, like, small roles in, in a lot of different movies. I don't, that might have been around when his... He's in a lot of movies. I didn't didn't like the third Matrix. Didn't his wife die or something or his Uh, sister or something like that? I think his sister got cancer. His sister died of cancer in that time or something like that. So he he was just like in small roles in a lot of things. After the Matrix, like the next somewhat hit was The Replacements, the Gene Hackett football company. Then the Sam Raimi movie, The Gift, with my wife, Kate Blanchett. Ooh, I never saw The Gift. Uh, It's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's Raimi doing a a, uh, year 2000 horror movie. He's in Something's Gotta Give. And then, yeah, and then it's weird stuff like Thumbsucker, Constantine, A Scanner Darkly, oh, The Lake House, or as I like to call it, Time Travel time Mailbox. Travel mailbox. Um, the Day the Earth Stood Still. Ooh. 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 Yeah, so he kind of had a weird, he's got a lot of stuff. And then there's Yeah, because actually, because John Wick was kind of surprising. I think probably because of stuff like The Lake House and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Constantine, I think I saw it theaters which was too much pressure for that movie yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good i might have liked it but so then like uh 
getting my dad to watch John Wick was like, no, but really, I, I promise it oh, won't be that bad. Did he watch bad. it then? Like, yeah, and loved did he it. love it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My dad it's, loved it's some John awesome. Wick. And then we watched it Dads again together. Dads love John yeah. Wick. Yeah, yeah. Dads love it. I mean, it's no Saving Private Ryan. Dads love Saving Private Ryan. They Listen, love him. But John Wick pleased my father. I love telling this story. My dad is like a big baby scaredy cat and, and cannot handle any kind of violence at all in anything. He won't do it. So he does not see any of the movies that dads love. He like hates movies that dads love. He's not into it. He's like, Gary, you want to watch Chocolat again? The, dude, it's totally... He, all he wants to watch, honestly, is like he loves like the 1940s version of A Christmas Carol. That's like one of his okay. favorite movies. He loves it. Uh, that's like all he wants to watch. He likes should he, show him Videodrome and he, just yeah, fucking ruin him. He loves like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, right? Like that's 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 a dad movie he can get on board with. But like most other things, nah, nah. Uh, and so, uh, like my like in sixth grade, had a had one of those sleepover birthday party things w- w- with my boys, you know. Mm. And we watched Gladiator. Gladiator just come out on VHS. That's a huge movie for me and my dad. Right? Gladiator and The Patriot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, those are dad. These movies. are all dad movies that the my Daddy-ator. dad refuses to watch. Refuses. Oh, right? He'd love. He, he would love The Patriot. Well, here's Wouldn't what Gareth happened. Dad loved the Patriot. Gareth he, loved the he Patriot. Would. And here's how I know. Here's how I know my dad loves dad movies, but can't admit it to himself because he's too much of a scaredy cat. He was like, "Oh, you guys are watching Gladiator? I heard that's. Oh, I heard that's got decapitations and just. Oh, I can't do it. I'm not. I can't. I can't. You boys, you just enjoy it. You enjoy it. So we hit play in the living room. My dad, as as it's starting to play in the background, you guys enjoy it. Just have a good time. Yeah. You just you just have a. And he stood like. At, with one foot out the door of the yeah. living room to leave Did for two and a half straight hours. And then one eye he never through. moved. He watched the whole movie with one foot out the door to leave the room as if he was going to leave the whole in time and just never left. he had to leave? Like in case yeah, it was an emergency? Yeah, he just kept, think, he just kept it thinking it was going to be too much and he would have to leave and yeah, he, just, yeah. he just stood mesmerized and watched the whole movie. Thing. I was like, I know you like dad movies, you goddamn dad. He's going to be like, oh, I didn't see Gladiator. Yeah. Like, you saw Gladiator. You saw Gladiator. You looked you at it. You looked at the whole thing. Oh, I know you loved it. You wouldn't leave. That's, that's funny. That yeah. is a dad movie. But that's a good movie. That's a great movie. For years after I saw that movie, my I would probably say my my uh, favorite uh, working actor outside of Kurt Russell right now is Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah. And for a couple years after that movie, I was I, like I couldn't look at him in anything because I hated him so much. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he was such a slimy, fucked up villain. Well, it's like you dingus. And he's so young in that movie, and I feel like they played him up to be even younger. Like that's yeah, part, yeah. part of what makes him so like, he, like terrible tries to fuck and his sister. He's all yes. weird. It's it's weird. It makes him Ugh. even more terrible Super and horrifying bad. than he's. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I bet you love Ramsey Snow, don't you? I do. Oh my god. <laughs> they oh do kind of no. look. They do look similar, and they're both similarly evil. He's I get so it. Though. Totally evil, get it. And um, he was the first cute one. I I was like, "There's no cute boys on Game of Thrones," and now you made the one cute one, the most evil one. I didn't one. make it. They they it's made your it. Your fault. <laughs> 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 that shit. Ramsey Snow. What a fuck. <laughs> hey, what was what was? Uh, uh, I, I almost called him Liam Neeson. What's Joaquin Phoenix's name? In Gladiator, what's the what's oh, his? It's I like Perseus. Trying, or something. Yeah, I know. I was trying to remember. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's Percival. Per- Percival. Percival is the most like, oh, you disgusting fuck. It's, it's oh, Percival. Hi, I'm uh, Percival, and this is my fat pug dog, Percival. It's the worst <laughs> name. It's like it's like a uh, uh, something with a C, maybe like uh, I, wanna, I never know uh, yep. names, and I right? Only Am know I right? Yeah, you're. It's, it's like ca- ca- I want to say Cassius, but I know that's uh, wrong. It's uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's like Commodus or Commodus. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ca- Commodus. Com- yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a point break. <laughs> oh yeah, we uh, well, we can we can kind of wrap on that and get to we'll our definitely wrap on, yeah. I think one thing that I, I I think is the most impressive thing about Point Break is that the action sequences aren't 
explicitly explosive. Yeah. Just as we said before, well-directed. The car chase does not feature explosions. It's just cars colliding. It's bumper cars. Uh, The skydiving sequences are just skydiving, and a lot of it is real skydiving with real Patrick Swayze. And you said bumper cars, but it's like the impact of the cars hitting each other. Like Sometimes they'll act like, oh, these cars can just like go alongside each other and be fine but like i don't know watching the cars real. hit each other it was like ah that's a thousand pounds thousands of pounds of metal coming out. like yeah like you're watching the other metal crush yeah there's we're a watching real, real cars hit yeah we don't see that anywhere right, it's all exactly. pretend cars that's yeah there's a real physicality to this movie mm-hmm. uh they, it, like uh, all of that stuff feels like a, even that shootout in the house is like i know those are all blanks but there's like a real fucking like scary physicality I think, I think to when her people action. get shot they get fucking shot yeah. to shit in this movie yeah you know Squeals. I think that house shootout was kind of intense is that there was no score whoa there was point. no there was no music in the house shootout but and the other scenes there were the yeah. chaser chaser was there's, sure. and there's yeah. almost always music in the, yeah. this is one of those movies that has sort of a constant soundtrack there's hardly mm. ever moments of silence so that's that's a good point yeah that, that first shootout was was silent except for the gunshots yeah 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 that's wild I didn't even notice it and that's they, the best kind of score work, though, when it yeah it, it punctuates it without they, you they do it. make a point for the rest of the movie of referring to that shootout too, as if it was this cacophonous like symphony. You know what I mean? Like it was the biggest thing any of oh, them yeah. had and ever he did been it a with part sand of. In his jeans, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is just fucking wrong. <laughs> Can't do it. Uh, yeah, I, the, the, yeah, I think you're right. The whole movie is is full of that sort of like real intensity mm-hmm. um, that is seems harder to capture now with with, with the you know the. Uh, the more reliance on the on CGI effects. There is one CGI effect in this movie that I noticed, and it is the blades of the lawnmower. Oh, that is that is something that I was trying to look for because I was like, I know they didn't actually do that. You right. didn't actually do that. I was thinking and it was, was like a forced was. perspective or, or something. Well, it was a oh yeah, it could thing. be a foam thing, but I was looking at it and it looked something looked weird. It looked uh, artificial. Yeah. In in that way. Yeah. Which, you know, it's it's barely noticeable. But it's funny, too, because that's the kind of thing that back in the era of Point Break and things right. like that, computer-generated effects were so expensive. Super early days. And that's why good practical stuff was used, because yeah. it was just too expensive. Now it's so fucking Way cheap cheaper. and so easy, and a million and a half people can do it, yep. that and you don't it's have actually to put anybody's lives at risk. Yep, y- there's you know no actual I mean? yeah. damage. You don't have to wipe up the blood, because yep. none of it was ever there. And yep. it's... It's just it's just funny how it's it flip flopped like that. Yeah, and there was a time where, you know, the the artifice that we would see would be like that's an obvious stunt man. Yeah, I don't ever notice an obvious stunt man anymore because I'm so deprived of it. I'm just happy there's a stunt man there. Yeah. it's it's key. And you know, before it was like yeah, if they snuck in a CGI thing, maybe you noticed it, maybe you didn't. Now it's it's obvious. It's yeah. too good. Our yeah. TVs are better than our effects. Yeah, it's uh, ugh. it's a good point. Yeah, we flip-flopped it because of the budget. And I hope that it goes, you know, with things like Mad Max where they went the other way yeah. with it and kind of married the two in a proper yeah. way. I'm hoping that we'll continue to the, ride that middle ground because I don't think I'm anti-CGI. I'm always preferential to the practical stuff, yeah. which works in this movie, but the mixture of the two can work. I, I think if, if if your movie is functioning, you know what I mean? If it's functional mm-hmm. and your movie is working, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on board with whatever it takes to make that work. Obviously, you guys are just geeking about Gods of Egypt. Where oh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> before we inevitably crumble into the Gods of Egypt yeah. conversation, which will happen, <laughs> yeah. the Point Break remake, one of the things that I appreciate about it, even though it's dumb, is that it does... One of the, the points... Of it was uh, one of the points of it was to showcase stunt work, mm. and they do 
do yeah. that. They do do and that. They very, do do it. Very no, well. They do it. Very well, too. They do it very well. Yeah. It looks good. A lot good. of practical in that. But it's like, oh, the wave in the background might be CGI, but there's a dude surfing. You yeah. know, like, oh, the, this might not be as high of a mountain as it looks, but this guy's falling off of it. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's a good marriage of the two. That's good. It's yeah. cool. Uh, you want to move on to our one-liners? I'm kind of. I think we that should. Idea. That is one of the things that's interesting about Point Break is there there aren't there's great exchanges, yeah. but there aren't very many one-liners. Yeah, can anybody pinpoint a one-liner? I, I wrote one down. What do you got? Speak into the microphone, Squid Brain. Oh, oh that's that a is pretty a good, good one. one. Yeah, and that's the only one I remember. Yeah. Speak into the microphone, Squid Brain. But uh, technically, well, I also like. Uh, uh, you know, there's something I learned growing up uh, that uh, you, you know you still haven't learned. And he's like. Well, why don't you astonish me, shitface? <laughs> yeah, Love yeah. that. Astonish me. <laughs> astonish me, shitface. Respect for your elders. And then he punches him, and it breaks every bone in Gary Busey's body <laughs> to have thrown a punch that connected. <laughs> what was the line? Except that- his teeth. Flawless teeth. <laughs> Flawless. Well, I just, I don't want to forget this. What was the line that I kept referencing that was so funny? Like, they live life... They only live to get radical. They only live to get radical. Oh, yeah. That might be the greatest thing I've ever heard. They're not into the spirituality of it. They only live to get radical. Yeah. I didn't even know you used it, like, get radical. Like, I would say be radical. It's like... Or the new radicals. Get radical. They only live to get radical. Mm. Oh, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. great. That's how I want to start living. Just to get radical? Just to get radical. Getting radical. Boom. (laughs) You're going to get some wireless headphones, get radical. I don't want to live radical. I want to live to get radical. To get radical. You know what I mean? But you got you don't want to let go of the spirituality of it, man. That's true, you know, man. Football on the beach and stuff. And family. I, that's why and I thought that li- and family. <laughs> that's why I thought that line was so funny, by the way, is he forgot about spirituality. He's only living to get radical. For some reason in my brain, I, the, like the sentence get radical makes me think about like somehow becoming spiritual at the end of my life. Like, they sound like the same oh, yeah, thing yeah. to me. They don't sound like different things. I think the most <laughs> radical thing you can do is become a, a formless being that is yeah. one with all. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty fucking radical. Yeah, yeah. Then you're jumping out of all the planes <laughs> at once, man. <laughs> Omnipresent. So we decided that the game would be to uh, pick out some of the best one-liners uh, out of your favorite movies, or or if, if you're uh, being, you misunderstood, you, directions, you wrote you just some write, of your own one-liners. Yeah, you write one-liners for movies that already exist. So I know me and Mike have these. You want to yeah, want to deliver them? We'll Bounce just them. guess the uh, guess the movies. Oh yeah, that's you can guess the movies that's that from. Then we'll play your yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? your show. I mean. All right, I'll kick it <laughs> off. This isn't a very good movie, but two characters are about to fight, and the one character says, do you even know how to kill me? And then the good guy says, I'm going to take your head off. See if that works. Oh, wait, I do know what that's from. I love it, but it's at number five because it's not a great movie. I'm going to take your head off. Let's see if that works. It's got... It's, uh, I remember this. I remember this line, too. Yeah. Do you even know how to kill me? Right. I'll take your head ooh, off. I got it. See if that works. Yeah. Is it a Wolverine oh, line? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. That is Wolverine speaking to Liev Schreiber. Oh, yeah. He says, do you even know how to kill me? And Wolverine says, I'll take your head off, see, see if, if that, that works. works. That's pretty good. That's mm. badass. Is, is that from the, the Origins one? movie? That's X-Men's yeah. origin, Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverines. We live in a world where you fuck up Wolverine, Wolverine movies. Right. Not the Wolverine. Okay. Yeah. Just later. Okay. What do you got? Okay. All right. See you at the party, Richter. Oh, oh, come on. Yeah. Total Recall. It's one of the, the best. That's one of my favorite one-liners. What's Have you ever seen situation? Total Recall, Amanda? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, we got to watch that. I've seen like half and parts of it. Mm, got to see the whole thing. It's great. Uh, it's pretty Maybe incredible. I watched it very recently. It's one I don't of my faves. Know. Colin Farrell's awesome. In this. <laughs> I watched to be able to find them. What's the situation that, that pro, uh, provokes <laughs> see you at the party, Richter? Oh, it's one of my faves. Well, Arnold's fighting with a guy on an elevator. 
hangs him off the elevator and has his arms ripped off. Nice. And then he throws him down and says, see you at the party, Richter. Well, there's a party happening, too. Yeah, that's my favorite thing (laughs) is that they they talk about a party like 20 minutes earlier in the movie. That one-liner is like a reference to something that happened so much earlier in the movie. It's like almost doesn't make sense. It's super funny. All right, this one is another sort of exchange. It's an exchange of action. There is a villain of the supernatural form, and what we know at the time in this movie is that there's this injectable stuff that if it goes into him, it will kill him. And so the bad guy will not stop coming, and the good guy says, some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate uphill. And then he spin kicks the needle into the bad guy's face, which causes him to explode in the worst CGI in the history of time. You talk about this line all the time, and I know we watched this movie together Stephen Norrington is the director. <laughs> He went on to do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. We watched this together at some point. What movie is that? The movie? villain is Steven Dorff. I'll give you that. If anyone wants some to, motherfucker uh, is always trying to ice skate uphill. Uh, Wait, is that Blade? <laughs> it is Blade. <laughs> That's Blade, <laughs> the right? original Blade. Yep. Some motherfuckers always. So he's suggesting uh, this guy keeps coming, even though it's it's. I'm Blade. Yeah. It's it's fruitless. Uh, f- it's futile. Yeah. I and that this one actually took out the Passenger Fifty Seven. Always bet on black because <laughs> I love that, but I just. That one actually makes a little more sense, yes. and I like this one making none. Yeah. Like, of all the one-liners that he could have done before, he, some writer was yeah. like, some motherfucker's always trying to cut, print, done. Like, could have done better, could have done worse. I'm it, glad you did what you did. It sounds like a line that was supposed to be in Batman and Robin that, yeah. like, the writer had to cut and was like, well, I'll just use that in Blade. Yeah. <laughs> some motherfucker. Drank <laughs> ice skate the pill. All right, Mike, hit us with another. All right. So, two guys walk up to... Uh, guy in a restaurant who wronged them in the past and they shoot him is it sleepers God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and the line is did that hurt no did that hurt nukes and then they shot him again nice yeah that is badass that's a badass I've never moment. Seen that. oh it's good yeah you get to hear kevin kevin bacon go a blow job <laughs> he, he drops that line and it's the context is not funny but the way he says it is something that i frequently will quote yeah a blow job Man, are you Sleepers looking up one-liners to drop on us? No, I was trying to see if my 30 Rock quotes were. <laughs> 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 I just have like a lot of uh, jokes written in this one note on my phone. And I was like, I wonder if any are from movies. Mostly not. Mm. So this is uh, this one's a very very easy one. It's one of my favorites. It is when a uh, and you're gonna guess it before I even say the quote. Uh, it's uh, the hero's wife. Probably isn't his wife, and she tries to kill him, uh. and she begs him not to kill her, and says, "But we're married." And then he shoots her in the fucking face, and says, "Consider that the divorce." That's also Total Recall. Also <laughs> Total Recall. <laughs> movie is chock full of them. That movie is full of one-liners. It's got the the part with Hank from Breaking Bad. He's yeah. like a melty face dude, and he says to uh, to uh, Arnie, he says, uh, "You got a lot of balls showing your face around here." And he goes, "Look who's talking." Yeah. <laughs> Which contextually doesn't even make sense because no. he's a Martian, so he kind of looks normal. Uh-huh. But, you know. So Arnold's in a... This is going to give it away. <laughs> Arnold's in a jungle. <laughs> and he looks... Could be commando. still actually didn't Could give be it away yet, yeah. And he looks down and he says, what the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> and he looks back up at him and says, what the fuck are you? And then he self-detonates. Mm, so that's... Uh-huh. that. The one-liner goes to Predator in that yeah. one, doesn't he? Right? Yeah, but... What are those things called? I oh, just call them predators. Yeah, I just call them predators. I don't Grab remember boots. what they're... What, what Tremors. The, yeah, they have some weird name. Yeah. But it's Predator, yeah. I kind of don't remember. The Predator doesn't speak English, right? Is that in like subtitles or something? No, no, he, no, he, he records them. it. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He mimics him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, this one is uh, when we did an episode on this movie. Villain is hanging off of the missile of a Harrier jet <laughs> that is being. Uh, I thought about this the other day. Yeah, it's the best one. It's it's almost the best one ever. Yeah. My number one is it, uh, is coming up. But uh, the guy is hanging by his backpack off of a missile, and good old uh, Harry. Uh, oh, what the fuck's his last name? Harry Tasker. Harry Tasker, Tasker looks at him and says. You fired, yep. and he shoots it, and it it flies him on the missile into a helicopter filled yep. with his cronies. It doesn't get better than that. Oh, it's amazing. That is true lies. Uh, that is true lies. And actually, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be hosting The Apprentice now. That's why I thought about it the which other day. He is probably going to say you fired, you fired or you terminated. Yeah. Well, he's going to be hosting The Apprentice, and the whole time I was like, well, I guess they'll change the catchphrase to you're terminated. They have to. And then I thought about that the other day. I was like, well, no, wait. He actually used that catchphrase as a one-liner in True Lies, so they could just have him say you're fired, and it would still be an Arnold thing. They blow sense. everyone's minds, and they just go with Eraser. Yeah. And he's like, your luggage. <laughs> and he just, they, they get out. Your luggage. Does he not say you've been erased in that movie? That's not his catchphrase in that movie? I, he doesn't say it. Man, I mean, that's he crazy. might say it once, but it's not a catchphrase. That's crazy. Not a catchphrase. How do you make a movie called Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger where the whole point is he's got a gun called an eraser that erases you from existence and you don't say, you've been erased? Well, that's that's the plot isn't that. I know, I've never seen it. <laughs> that that's just always the, what I've assumed. The gun does not erase you from yeah. existence. He is a guy that protects people that are in witness protection. Yeah. And if, if things go sour, he will erase them. But oh, so it's like a neuralizer. Are, are, no, no, he just he just has guns that are regular guns. I don't yeah. know where he got this idea of crazy guns in this yeah. movie. But there's a uh, the bad guys are developing this gun that shoots steel rails at a super fast. Oh, that's speed. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and so that's that's the gun you're thinking yeah. of. But which technically erases you. I yeah, mean, you're, yeah, yeah. there's still flesh left behind. But you know, I always had it in my head as like a sci-fi premise where he's got a gun that just erases you from existence. I'd watch it, but no, yeah. unfortunately, I, I hate to break it to you, <laughs> but the better mo- the better movie you've imagined is not. Not the movie, movie that it is. That would be so disappointing. Yeah. You get sit down to watch. That's just it always what I thought it was. From the time for I was a it kid. To be magic. Just That's regular terrible. guns. Yeah. What's he doing? All right. What's your number one? Uh, I don't think I have to set it up. I just say it. Happy trails, Hans. Happy uh, trails, yeah, happy Hans. Hans. <laughs> Die hard. All right, my number one is the best because the assist line, the line that lobs it to the good guy to to execute the bad guy, isn't a line. It's just the villain screaming, diplomatic immunity! And then uh, Danny Glover shoots him in the face and goes, it's just been revoked. (laughs) That was my wild card. Oh, that was your wild card. That's my favorite. That's one of the best. That's the second one, right? That is the second one, yes, because diplomat, you couldn't give me a pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I did have a, a, one of my favorites, because it's not really a one-liner, and this was my honorable mention, was in Die Hard 4. Um, John McClane knows that Timothy Oliphant has his daughter hostage. Regardless, he still gets in a fight with Timothy Oliphant's wife, who throws him out of the top of a building. He lands in the trash, steals an SUV, drives it up to the room where the lady threw him out of, Runs her over with the SUV into an elevator shaft and then drops the car down, exploding her at the bottom of the elevator shaft. Calls the bad guy, and when the bad guy references his wife, I'm going to misquote it, but he says something to the effect of, Oh, the little bitch who likes to do karate? Last time I saw her, she was at the bottom of an elevator shaft with an SUV up her ass. That is bold for a man who has your daughter tied to a chair. That is badass, and that is McLean. But he does That's it, insane. It's, it's insane. <laughs> but, you know, I totally so forgot about that. And then as you started describing it, I was like, I'm remembering it all happened. <laughs> it's an incredible sequence. Yeah. It's a great parkour fight in the uh, elevator shaft with one of the parkour dudes. It's good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. All right, here's my invented one-liners for movies that already exist. <laughs> all right. 
Uh, Are we going to guess the movie? I don't. I feel like I feel like uh, I don't know. My, may, well, let's try it with one of them. I feel like it's almost funnier if you know what the movie is. I, I, there's not even a way to do this without me telling you what the movie is. So this is a one-liner for Speed. Uh, so this is. Uh, <laughs> uh, these don't even make sense, by the way. These are like for scenes in these movies, if these movies played out differently, right? It's not even if they played out the way they already play out. Uh, this is uh, Keanu throwing a grenade. He's already pulled the pin on to Dennis Hopper uh, and saying, quick, catch. And then as Dennis Hopper uh, tries to catch it right before it explodes, he says, too slow in a movie called Speed. Uh, yeah. Do you remember his one-liner in that? No, I don't. They're wrestling on the top of the train. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dennis Hopper's on top of him. He's like, and I'm always going to win, Jack, because I'm smarter than you. I'm smarter than you. And then he pushes him up so that his head hits like a lamp right, on yeah, the ceiling yeah. and it knocks his head off. And Keanu Reeves says, yeah, well, I'm taller. <laughs> Awesome. That's great. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty incredible. I'm pretty proud of this one. Uh this is, you could guess this one. This is uh Bob Hoskins after punching a Goomba. The name's Mario, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's I've actually never seen that movie. That's fucking it's crazy. Great. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, wow. Here uh Oh, that's wild. I'm trying to come up with a with a good Mario Brothers one, but here, I can't wait, you think could, one. you could guess this one. Uh I've been burning this candle at both ends, and I'm almost out of wick. Almost. Oh, that's a good one for for John Wick. Yeah, yep. before the final gun I like punch. <laughs> I don't think he has one in that. I don't, I don't think, think he does. Uh, I'm back. He's brood. I guess, right? So I guess you could say, I'm back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great meltdown. Uh, uh, this is... Uh, oh, wait. he kills Theon. Mm. This is... Uh, here, you can guess this one, too. This is as our main character is flying through the air on the ejector seat from the plane that's already exploding beneath him. He then pulls out a grenade throws it into those flames and says, die harder, bitch. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm guessing that the movie you're referring to is Lethal Weapon 4. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, this is the one I'm most... Does he have a one-liner in, in Die Hard 2? He's got to have something. He has he, to. He's... Yippee-ki-yay again. Yeah, right. I guess, yeah, oh, I guess yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah, his, yeah, his that's, default. That's his thing, uh, yeah. He has this one where he's yelling at Dennis Franz, and to prove that the bad guys were using blanks, he just empties a whole thing of blanks oh, in right, the middle yeah. of the cop's office, and nobody sees fit to just shoot him, because yeah. they, they hate him at this point. Yeah. And he says something, but I'll never remember it. I don't know. Uh, this is the one I'm most proud of. Ready? Let's see if you guys can guess this. I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. Uh, is that the Lego movie? That's from the Lego <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. That's pretty good. Does that that one? No, that wouldn't exist. They would never make Lego. No, 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 no. Paint me like one of your. He just has a yellow (laughs) crayon and just draws a yellow. He just Lego person. He just pops a new dress on top of her. (laughs) (laughs) And you're a cab driver. Phil Lord and is that the the way it goes? Chris Miller and Phil Lord, or is it flipped? Whatever. I think it's Lord. If they're behind it, I'm. Maybe it is Miller and Lord on board. Oh, they're they're like (laughs) Like, a guaranteed like good time. They talked about like only doing movies that sound like terrible ideas like 21 jump street did not sound like a good idea nor did the lego movie they're fantastic and then what else did a sequel to 21 jump street they're doing they didn't the, do the solo, solo movie, movie now right are they doing the solo movie i think that's them yeah that'll be awesome yeah. written by larry kasdan and his son nice yeah. nice good old jake yeah he was orange county right i think so yeah yeah yep. there you go yep yep i believe he which one of them did Dreamcatcher? One of the Kaz Dan's oh, directed Oh, that was Larry. Catcher. Yeah, that, that was, was Lawrence. Yeah. Lawrence. I, ca- I call him Larry as uh, if I know him. Yeah, good old Larry. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dick Donner. Yeah. Dick, Dick Donner. Dick when he Donner made, when Dick Donner Kaz. made his Superman. Oh, yeah. give me some of that Coke. Dick so Donner. He directed those uh, those Lethal Weapon sequels everybody loves. Mm-hmm. 
Right, he directed all of those, I think. He did those. He did Maverick. Yeah. He did the Goonies. 16 Blocks. Goonies, yep. The Goonies. He did 16 Blocks? That's he did a Dick 16 Donner Blocks. Movie? That is a Dick Donner movie. <laughs> it's good old Dick Donner. Dick Donner. So uh, before we, we move on to anything else, I just want to say that uh, June 15th, we yeah. have... The Ghostbusters Ghost edition Busters. of Movie Movie Live coming to Philomoka. Uh, doors will be at around 7.15, show at like 7.45-ish, yes. 8 o'clock. Come in, check it out. we got Chanel Ali, Tim Ramis, and Ari Fishbein. Bine. Fishbein, Ari. I think. Ari's in it. Ari. And he is funny, He's so it's great. going to be amazing. Fantastic We're going to be talking panel. about Ghostbusters. and uh, yeah. in, in every iteration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All iterations of the Ghostbusters. Uh, we will be, uh, you know... We'll be doing some fun recasting of our own. Mm-hmm. I and think it's the way we only can put that. $5 as every as single always. time. always. Uh, so, yeah, join us there uh, uh, at Philomoca on uh, the 16th. 15th? 16th. 15th. 15th. June 15th? 16th. 15th? June 15th. It's June 15th. June 15th. It's, it's the Wednesday that's yeah. one of the teens. June 15th. Yeah. Uh, all right, movie recommendations. Who's got them? I know I got a big one. Yep. yep. I would say we're probably going to have the same ones. Yeah. Uh, so I do not want to... Uh, be the the guy to reveal that because oh, that's the, gonna be mine. You're the one on that. It's gonna All be right. mine. Okay. What, 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 how about you, Mike? What have you seen recently? Anything you want to recommend? Not so much movies, but I've been really enjoying the uh, current season of Silicon Valley. Oh Ooh. yeah, I haven't kept up with yeah, that. It's good. A, oh, there's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple episodes that had me in tears at the end of them. Oh yeah. So uh, is this season three? Season three. Season and, three. And they're half hour, so you can catch up pretty fast. Yeah, and there are what six episodes a season? Pretty short. Ten. Uh, it's like probably that. maybe ten. 10. Yeah. ten. Thirty-six. Yeah. 40, 40 episodes a season. 40, 40, 40 episodes a season. Mike Judge, like workhorse. Such yeah. A, yeah, it's such a frustrating show. Like, Mike Judge could just, like, keeps, I don't know, just writes them into the most, oh, I love him. Sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating in, like, the best way. Like, they keep messing up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll recommend one to you that is, uh, I, I think you might still be able to see it in Philadelphia. It's called Embrace of the Serpent. Ooh, what is it that? It is an artsy-fartsy adventure movie. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, Two stories surrounding a like Amazonian tribesman. One, he's a young man, and there's an older uh, white adventurer that is sick, and they're seeking a plant that will heal him, so they go on an adventure. And then there's later, uh, running concurrently, is the older version of the Amazonian man and a young explorer coming to find that plant to document it, mm. and him going on the same adventure. But he's so old, he doesn't really remember the original one. Oh. So the two just kind of intertwine. It is... Mostly all in black and white, and it's just—it's just really good. It's just a solid, great artsy little movie. That's cool. And uh, an art house adventure doesn't necessarily always have to mean something like The Revenant. Sure. This is more on the art house than the adventure, but it is—it's adventurous in a fun and I don't know, just a cool way. It's a window into a world that I had not been familiar with. Into it. Yeah. Embrace of the serpent. Amanda, what you got? I don't know. Did you talk about Neighbors 2 ever? No, talk about it. Go. I liked it a lot. There was a lot of good jokes and also uh, lady stuff, which is important to me. Like uh, the whole conceit of the movie is. And also Chloe Moritz was amazing on 30 Rock. And so I already love her. Uh, That like. I didn't know she was in it. Sororities can't have parties in their houses because it's like considered. It would be considered a brothel for women to bring men into their homes and have a party and that's like something that's always really bothered me so I'm i didn't like, know that law existed until garrett was describing the movie that blows my mind it's fucking yeah. ridiculous yeah, that's <laughs> it's fucked up awful and yeah. so like 
the whole time, right, you're seeing, like, I'm really seeing myself as, like, oh, right, a world where you're in control and not, like, whatever, living in the Greek system where you right. don't fit in. So I, I uh, like, wouldn't it be safer to have jokes. the women host the parties? You know, it's your home, and that's your huge, control. That's a huge point the movie yeah, makes. That's yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I want to uh, see it. I love the first one. I'm in. It one of my favorite things in the movie because it's like a really great joke, but it, uh, both from the performances of the people, but also just the joke is they do uh, just slight spoiler for Neighbors Two, but not a big thing. They do this thing where the girls throw uh, bloody tampons <laughs> at the at it's at hilarious. Seth Rogen's house, Ew. right? And <laughs> so there's awesome. like so there's all these bloody tampons hitting their windows, and and both Rogen and Byrne are going like, oh gross, oh gross, ah, oh, you know, and then they're like. It, it, suddenly they realize one of their windows is open and so suddenly like bloody tampons are like hitting Rogan in the face oh and stuff, right? god that's so gross so then it cuts to the inside of the girl's house and uh, uh, Zac Efron has been sort of like has been their sort of spirit guide into like starting their own sorority right because he started his own frat uh, and so he's like he's scolding them for throwing bloody tampons at the house he's like that's disgusting and too far they, yeah he's like that's too far that's disgusting that's way too far and they're like no think about it if it was guys and you were just throwing a bag of dicks at their house, you would love that. And then he goes, no, that's (laughs) 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 bag of dicks. That is pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) No, you guys are right. You guys are totally right. That's hilarious. You're totally right. That's hilarious. (laughs) I I, I seem to remember a movie where Van Wilder had people drinking dog cum out of a donut. So I think, I think that's well within me. (laughs) Which is like, that's so great because they're making a really great point about like, you know what I mean? It's like they're making a great point, but it's also like this hilarious moment for Efron. He gets to play his dumb character so well in that. It's, it's Mm. the movie. Totally succeeds on all those levels, like in a really fun way. And first, he asks, "Like, what did you use for fake blood?" Oh yeah, and that's, that's when they're yes. like, "Fake blood." Uh, yeah, he's totally fine with it when he thinks it's a prank. He's like, "He's like, what did you guys use for like, the like, fake blood?" And they're like, "It's not fake." And he's like, "Oh, oh, too far, too oh, far. gross." Oh, and they're like, "Well, it was a bag of dicks." Bag he's like, dicks. "Oh yeah, 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 you guys are right. You guys are right." It's, that's so funny. Such a great point. It's that's re- so it's gross. Really, good. <laughs> really, nice. really good. I, I enjoyed that movie. It was, it was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Um, that was fun. My, uh, my big recommendation is Alex Proyas' Gods of Egypt, which Gods is currently Egypt. my number one movie of 2016. I don't know if that's true, but it feels true. I loved every minute of that movie. It's the craziest thing I've seen in a long time. It's endlessly entertaining. It's not nearly as bad as anybody told you it was. It I would is... say it's exactly as bad as everyone said, but for... But that's, I think it's the point. Yeah, it's, I don't know. The I, reasons they're calling it bad is the reasons that I love it so. Yeah, I, it's just so fun. <laughs> it, it, it literally, like, I, I, every moment something new was happening that I didn't expect. It just, that movie defeated my expectations at every turn. There just when I thought it couldn't it get crazier. so much that I was, like, uncomfortably having yes. a hilarious laughter fit. I was like, ah, yeah. ah, <laughs> It was I, crazy. It's Actually, I did laugh a lot. At, yes, at, me too. I laughed out loud so much in that movie. It was so entertaining. I, I have not had more fun watching a movie in a long time. I really, really recommend people see Gods of Egypt. I think it's like a really just great, expensive B-movie, which is, to me, it's like the fact that Alex Proyas somehow walked into a studio and convinced them to give him that much money well, to make that movie piece of trivia that was going to be I, I forget what studio it was that was going to be they were like well let's make this our new Hunger Games anchor oh. and make many Gods of Egypt movies oh my god and so I think there was probably I a fair it. amount of producer interference yeah. and as they realized that that's just not a good plan they yes. probably lost funding fell apart I think it reminded me of like a Harryhausen kind of thing yeah the effects were employed in a similar way uh huh 
I, I, I loved it. I thought it was so fun. It's so wild. Listen, by the time you get to Jeffrey Rush reigning over a flat earth, pulling the sun across it on a chain and fighting an evil demon worm every night with his laser spear, I, I, you can have all my money. I, please, give me 14 more of those. I want to see that become... My Star Wars. That's my Star Wars. <laughs> I already have my Star Wars. That's my new Star Wars. I want Gans it. Of Egypt. So oh, I want it. I was, uh, I was the only one here who didn't see that movie. <laughs> yes. So Are you going to now? Well, probably, yeah. But uh, <laughs> when Dan started talking about it, it was so outrageous, the stuff you were saying, that I thought the three of you said, let's do a prank and make up the most ridiculous <laughs> movie we could ever think of and then tell this guy about it and see if he believes us. Uh, I like, think Alex Proyas actually did play that prank. He just played it on the world uh, yeah. and delivered maybe one of my favorite movies of the last decade. <laughs> I'm just going to keep... My, my love for it is going to keep getting bigger. I'm just going to keep hyperbolizing about it until it's the greatest movie ever made. It's a thing. <laughs> it is a thing to see. It, it is a thing. It's really like weirdly simple to me, though, and it's so funny because you're like, there's so much it. There's so much to it. To me, it just is like this one normal hero's journey. Yeah. But then the whole fun is that it's called gods of Egypt. So anybody can do anything as <laughs> yeah. long as it aligns with either their like historical or like mythological character. If they're like a God or right. If they can somehow justify, there's only the two humans that you care about, yeah, yeah. whatever. So like, but yeah, you just, they could just drop into any world and, kept feeling like that too like where all of a sudden they were in a whole new landscape and world or whatever but you can just throw all the gods at it right so it's uh it was super cool (laughs) i loved it i thought it was so fun and i do think that there's actually some interesting interesting things going on i haven't totally unpacked them yet but i think that movie is very much about like death and trying to accept the idea of potentially no afterlife and things like that um which is pretty interesting to me it's also Uh, got like space uh, coyote uh, laser battles. Yes. Yeah. Which is is my thing. It's got a world-eating worm that can only be stopped by Jeffrey Rush. Oh, I, oh God. And his sun-tapped fire spear. Nothing fire delighted hose. me more than him Oof. screaming at him like, you know this is why I'm up here. Like, don't you think I would want to be down there with the rest of you? I can't be because I'm up here every fucking night defending the world from a world-eating demon worm. I fucking love that. That was amazing to me. I love everything about that. Wild movie. Wild so good. Movie. I would recommend it. Can't it's recommend it. Enough. Definitely worth watching. It can't recommend it for enough. whatever reason you may find entertainment in it. Yes, you're right. Yes, exactly. It'll, yeah, it'll, exactly. It's there. That's what it is. It's totally. Exactly. It's on. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's my recommendation. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about it. Just that it's amazing. So uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Yeah, leave a review if you can. Leave a five star review if you're so into. But I encourage you to be honest. Please yeah. be honest. But if you if you're honestly leaving a five star, that's awesome. If you're honestly leaving less, well, honestly, maybe just don't even bother. <laughs> but um, so yes, leave a review. Uh, do that. I like two movie on Twitter and on Facebook. That is that's with correct. the digit two. You're yeah, not spelling it. You just got to do it. We want to make it more economical. I it's like just the way things movie. are done. I am at Dan Scully on Twitter, and you can check out cinadelphia.com for the work I do with them. And uh, I guess while you're at it, too, you should check out our friends over at, at uh, Cinepunks. Yeah, check out Cinepunks. It's a great... Well, I just yawned through that. I'm sure they loved that plug. Uh, Cinepunks is a great uh, movie and punk rock podcast. Check it out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Filmadelphia. That's with an F. You can find me on letterboxd.com slash Filmadelphia. I review every movie I watch. I just crossed the 300 mark. I've reviewed 300 movies in the last two years. You guys, cool. Uh, I make a lot of fun lists there and stuff. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for me for plugs. Uh, Mike, where can people find you on the internet if you want them to? I'm not creative, so I, there's really nothing. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, you don't have a Twitter or anything? 
I don't. I have a Facebook. I mean, I'm, I'm friends with Dan. Oh, perfect. Well, look Dan up and then look up Mike. You'll find Mike. Yeah. Amanda. I have two Mike Doherty's as friends on Facebook, so uh, I guess the mystery yes, is up check. to you. Or just be friends with both. Um, <laughs> Amanda E. Taylor on Twitter, and that's all. Oh, Amanda has a funny Twitter. You should you should follow her there. It's, it's very good. Also, I tell you the movies that I watch, but it's because I can't remember what movies that I watch, and I always have to look at it. Just it's use Letterboxd. Helpful. That's what Letterboxd is for. Oh, who knew? I never knew. <laughs> you should. It's fun. It's a great site. Uh, what else we got? Anything else? Anything else we need to, to plug? Uh, June 15th, come out to see Ghostbusters Movie Movie Live. Uh, and uh, yeah, d- uh, oh, uh, email us. I like two movie at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Get your suggestions on lists we can make and talk about, movies we can watch uh, and talk about, anything. We want to we interact, um, especially with our international listeners. I'd love to get an international email. <laughs> the Gods of Egypt is fucking huge. It better be. It better be. It's big in France. Who'd have thought? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not so big in Egypt. Yeah. Weird. Well, they have no, issues with the way they portrayed yeah. Egypt. <laughs> maybe not that weird. Uh, more multicultural than you would think, given the reaction, though. Uh, anyway, that's a discussion for another time. Let's wrap this up, uh, guys. We're gonna do. We're gonna close this out the same way we close out every episode. Uh, even if you don't know what, what that means, you'll figure that out as we go. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. My name is Amanda Taylor, and I like to movie movie. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. My name is Mike Darty, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we, we like, like to movie! movie.